Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, we're here with episode 37 to cover episodes 38 and 39. That's pretty, uh, we, we planned that out very well, if I do say so myself, from the very beginning. I was very confused then. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, we're going so back what? to episode 37. So the last episode was 36, and we covered 36. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and now probably... we're on 37, and we're covering episodes 38 and 39. Interesting. Yeah. Perfect. We so find it. It was all a work. It was, it was all yep, a work. It was all <laughs> from the very beginning. I was waiting for this moment. Yeah, we, we planned it all just to cover this one specific, not important episode. Podcast is over <laughs> after this, everyone. We're free. It was a good uh, run. A good run. <laughs> but before we get to the episodes, Scrafty, I believe you have some uh, interesting digi news to talk to us about. Uh, yes, if um, people remember, about a month and a bit ago, almost two months ago, I think, there was announced this new kind of like Fitbit type watch that combines kind of like the virtual pets with, you know, like a fitness tracker called uh, Digimon Vitality, I think it was called. And we got a new video on how these things actually work uh, today as of recording. Um, so when you listen to this, it'll be last week. And it is, it's weird. It looks, it looks strange. Like it's not just you know, standard Fitbit uh, technology with, you know, just, that just happens to have a virtual pet inside. Like, you gotta, like, feed it vitamins by, like, plugging in little SD cards into it and whatnot. It it looks like it's gonna be a bit of a money sink, if I'm, if I'm being entirely honest. Like, well, the the different accessories and add-ons you can get for it. Uh, it was also presented in this video by uh, Victory Uchida, who I didn't know was a real person. Yeah, I mean, the dude from Cyber Sleuth, as, as I've learned, <laughs> it's like yeah, he's, he's the dude yeah. in uh, every Cyber Sleuth chapter who hides and gives you uh, rare and valuable items whenever you uh, encounter him. So I guess he's a, a Bandai Namco spokesperson in real life, and uh, just like in the game, he's there to give you cool items that uh, you might or may not have any use for. He's the Digimon, <laughs> the Digimon Jeff Keeley is is basically it, right? Oh God, he is. He's just like a stronger <laughs> version of the Drios Pope. <laughs> the, the he, he doesn't look like he's embracing death. He looks he looks genuinely <laughs> excited to to be the Digimon Pope. So yeah, he's he's the Doritos Pope's mega form. But looking at the uh, the bracelet, like the 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 Fitbit, it actually looks like I kind of dig the style of it. It's got like a nice little screen. It's yeah, you get your it's, little buddy on front. It seems it seems interesting, but also like it's discreet. It's not like super you know yeah obvious nerdware or whatever. But it's, it's got cool. like these kind of like I guess sim sim type cards like like different Digimon. They have a uh, looking at it now on Wikimon.net. They have ones for like uh, Agumon, Gabumon, uh, Xvmon, Virus Metal Greymon. So yeah, like it seems very cool, but also like that's probably a pretty good way for them to make money is saying let's just slap on a bunch of Digimon into these little uh, semi SD cards and. Do your exercise, kids. Yeah, it's it's a pandemic. Personal health and fitness is all the rage. That's why uh, Spring <laughs> yeah. Fit Adventure yeah. was like impossible to find for like eight months during the pandemic. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, Poke there's Pokemon Go. Uh, there's you know, there's Dragon Quest Walk or whatever. It seems to be like <laughs> if you have a monster franchise, this is this is the shit. I, I'm looking forward to like a, a, an exercise bike that has like a dual disc and like a virtual Yu-Gi-Oh game <laughs> on it. So. Okay, uh, but yeah, I would yeah, actually, yeah. I would really dig that. That seems like it will be. Oh, oh wait, no, it's just the, it's just the, um, it's just the five Ds anime, the one where they're on the, the motorbikes. Oh, the car, car <laughs> yeah. Okay, there we go. 
Yeah. You can't get into motorcycles. Exactly. It's real. Can't believe. <laughs> Little green. Uh, what, what a time we live in, huh? We've got, like, yeah, like, like I said, we've got Pokemon Go, we've got Dragon Quest Walk, we've got Guilty Gear Strive. Like, everything's coming out. All these fitness-based things. That's good. We're not, about, we're, we're not we're, we're, wait till the end of the podcast if you want to talk about Guilty Gear. Because I feel like that could be <laughs> that could be a long discussion. Uh, uh, it could. It actually no. won't be because I wasn't able to play it because uh, no, well, the servers crashed. But we make get sure there to stay off the tenth floor of the Tokyo <laughs> Tower. You're not allowed there. Only little bussy man is. Okay. All right. Okay. I vaguely uh... <laughs> on that reference. Um, it's... Yes, this, this thing is cool. I, I I like when Digimon harkens back to like the fact that it was originally just like Tamagotchi, but for for cool boys. Or whatever, you know, males or whatever. That, that was the idea, right? And then <laughs> it's, it, and then it's it, the and then manly Tamagotchi, a managachi, if yeah, you will. It, it, it quickly became something like a lot better than that. <laughs> you know, that's that is that was kind of the original pitch. Was hey, it's a virtual pet, and that's. But this one's got sense. a T Rex in it. Yeah, yeah. It it's cool. Too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I I I, I, dig, I dig that idea. And I feel like with technology evolving, like, yeah, like, having a little Fitbit, like, that makes sense, especially for something like Digimon. Like, that makes perfect sense, and the idea that they haven't, like, jumped on it sooner feels a little wild, almost. Yeah. Also, it because, also... like, they, they, they continue to be this brand that's, like, in this, it's such a strange space where, like, they are basically appealing primarily to, like, 18 to 35 market for the most part like they aren't but yet without actually being like a quote-unquote adult franchise like you know like there's no blood and guts and titties and stuff like there's no there's I mean, there, there are there, there are no, titties. Well, they're just there's not it's not grand theft auto but you know it's it's, it's <laughs> you it's have still, to go out of your way to find them it's not too dissimilar from what it originally was is what i'm trying to say and yeah, yeah no i was just i was just being a pedantic kind of, yeah, it's by the way, <laughs> um, and and uh, this kind of thing is like a good a good um, example of getting that right. I think so. It's cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind one of these. But the way you talk about the SD cards and stuff and the collection element, I'm like instantly kind of turned off because I'm like I'd, I'd rather just buy the one thing and it just to be sort of be neat and then also function as like like a normal Fitbit does. That seems cool. Yeah. Um, you ever when you yeah. bought things Anything and things else? just worked? No. No. <laughs> when you bought things and then you need to buy more things. Or if you did need to buy more things, it was extra stuff rather than components of like yeah. the experience. Yeah, components. Yeah, exactly. Also, this thing probably won't come out in America, I'm sure. Or if it does, it won't come out in America for like three years. Like once we're... Or like <laughs> the West, I should say. Because I, obvi- I am not the only... I'm the only American on this podcast. It won't come out in the West for like three years when theoretically we could actually all go outside and use a Fitbit. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're releasing it in Japan now, and I don't think Japan, well, like, like most places, I don't think Japan's in any state to like, you know, be really making a ton of use of these this sort of thing. So that's you know, fair. Maybe it may, maybe they can launch it in like New Zealand, and then, <laughs> then you know. <laughs> oh, happy. that'd be good. Have a uh, Prime Minister uh, Jacinda Ardern to like rock the, the Digimon Fitbit. Ask her who her favorite Digimon is. See her being like a Hawkmon, like you know user i would say like rather than you know not her favorite necessarily but like in keeping let's say she, she's a utilitarian hawkmon fan <laughs> sure let's go with that let's go with uh, that uh, yeah there's no other digimon news uh the nintendo direct did not bring us good news of digimon survive which i was disappointed by but i think i w- 
I yeah. made that tweet of like this. It would kind of suck if Digimon Survive News was in the direct and it didn't work. And now I don't <laughs> believe in magic anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think I think I saw a lot of people making those predictions, and and no, the direct was kind of plain. <laughs> I think so. Anyone, anyone that's expecting a, that's, it? A, that's a different matter altogether. Yeah, that's that's a whole other matter. No Agumon in Smash either, so you know, which isn't which isn't which isn't going to happen. Let's be real. <laughs> But you yeah. know, it's nice. It's, yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's nice. It's nice to dream. Um, but Frigimon will be. Frigi yes, true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He will be. In with a bullet. Okay. So should we get on to uh, speaking of uh, snowmen, Digimon? Should we get on to episode thirty-eight? A very Digi Christmas. Sure. That's a yeah, tenuous that's... link, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay he, with it. You make snowmen during the it. winter, and he's a big snowman. It. It's cool. I'm on board. That's that's just let's, let's do, do this it. Thing. So episode 38, A Very Digital Christmas, or otherwise in Japan, known as Holy Night, Large Assembly of Digimon. So the episode starts with the new Digidestin. Once again, they're cleaning up the digital world. They're celebrating because they've been doing a great job lately. Ken, though, has been nervous because he had a bunch of like invitations for a little Christmas party that he wanted to gather all of his friends for. But everyone, of course, is like super happy to go because they're all Ken's friend. Like even Cody, who Ken's like, uh, I bet Cody still hates me, but I have to give this to him. And I hope he says like he'll come. And then Cody's like, uh, I bet Ken still hates me, but I wonder what he wants. And so basically everyone is, is pretty happy to, to come along to Ken's Christmas Eve party. But in the real world, there's all these festivities happening because it's Christmas Eve, I want to say. They specify that the entire episode takes place on Christmas Eve in the okay, in the dub or the sub. Okay, yeah. So Matt and his band is rehearsing for a big Christmas concert, and TK's mom meets with Davis's dad. But after she like they have a little conversation, she meets a very pale man who is identified as Mr. Oikawa, who investigated the happenings at Heightened View Terrace eight years ago. And Oikawa is very weird and warns TK and Matt's mom about a new monster problem happening and that she should be careful for her kids. But then he just basically just vanishes. He disappears. So back in the digital world, Davis and the gang, Davis, Ken, all of them, they meet up with the Chosen Children's Digimon of the original Digidestin, so the original six. And they're planning to have them come to the real world for Christmas. They shove Palmon in a giant sack and just put her in a digiport as they say that they'll just leave her in Main Street of like downtown US of A for Mimi to find, which is, I don't know how that makes sense, but hopefully Palmon was safe. They bring back on the beach Gomamon, Gabumon, Tentamon, Biomon, Agumon, etc. to the group and all the digestion are super happy. So then the older kids are going to Matt's concert while the younger kids go to Ken's house for the party. The older kids, there's a moment where Sora has a gift for Matt and Ty, there's a little bit of drama there, a little bit of drama as Ty's kind of sad that he didn't get cookies, even though Sora promises she'll make him some cookies later on. And at Ken's party, the kids are like playing cards, just having, having a good time. They're messing around. But at the concert... A Dark Tyrannomon and Bakumon and various other Digimon start invading, as set up by Arukenimon, who earlier in the episode mentioned to Mummymon, because now they're in the real world, that she had a plan to do fiendish evil things and ruin Christmas. So the the tent that the concert is in is destroyed, like all the digestion are running, they see a control spire, 
which explains why their Digimon can't digivolve. So they call the kids, the younger kids, for help. And the kids come running in to help with their armored Digimon and then destroying the control spire. And then they use their DNA forms to bring back all the Digimon to the digital world. Because as noted from the previous episode where Yoli was in Kyoto, these aren't control spire Digimon. These are real Digimon who have gotten sent to the real world and are just kind of running amok. They save the day. They all go to bed. Christmas morning, they see that... There are Digiports that have opened all over the world and Digimon have been unleashed all over the planet. And comes the predicament of how are the Japanese Digidestin going to save the world when it's a pretty big world. Yeah, I think my first fall at the end of this episode was like, coming off of the last arc of sorts with the black, you know, the whole Black War Greyman stuff and the kind of absolute wet part of an ending that that had this is a this is a much better hook that they like kind of get straight into for like yeah the next arc I, i'm i'm really a big fan of them just saying like okay uh after what happened last time with black war Greyman and the and the destiny stones and all this uh we're just gonna get straight into it like did you want to back in the real world they're here to fuck shit up um Let's just get down to business. And oh, 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 by the way, you're going to go globe trotting. So, like, yeah, you it's, know. And it's a really cool circling back cool. to adventure because it was, I mean, a little bit later than this, obviously. Uh, I think by this by this episode in Adventure, they were already defeating Myodismon. But it's like they came back to the real world. Digimon came to the real world and they had to handle this real world stuff with like their Digimon. So, like, it is kind of cool to see this like wrap back around a little bit. Yeah, it's still uncertain about like in the in the grand scheme of things, like in in this show, like where the plot's actually going right now. I feel like this episode and well, this episode isn't really too worried about that. I think it's more next episode, but like the actual terms, the actual terms are like where the plot's going, still kind of up in the air. But I like the energy this had. Like I I found it yeah. really appealing to just just be like. Yeah, like I say, like setting up the stake, setting up the stake, setting up the scope of it very, very well, and kind of bringing it back to. I don't know. It, it, it's weird because it feels more concrete. Whilst I'm still very much aware that the big picture of this show, like who is the big bad and so on, like what's what are Momomon and actual actual goals, you know, that stuff still needs a lot more explaining. And I think we're gonna get it. It's gonna be very messy, um, but. I think you know, you know it. It's a good, it's a fun start. I think it's it's fun. I would say these episodes are fun. Yeah, and that's yeah. especially, and that's what I enjoyed about it is because it's it's fun. You got a little bit of intrigue. You got some character moments, but you got a lot of fun. It's like it's a very fun, like upbeat episode. I feel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think having the, I would compare this one to like the episode where, um. It was it was like the anniversary episode and the one where, where it ends with like Wizardmon's ghost, basically foreshadowing Ken being a good guy. Um, compared to that episode, which felt very similar and like it had all the gang get back together for the most part, um, you know, both sets of Digidestined and they just sort of hanging out and stuff. This felt way more. I don't know. This felt way more like natural and like meaningful. I suppose. I think it helps that it's coming off of the clues of like an arc um you know they're not they're, they're, there's no like sense of like shouldn't you be 
running after the Destiny Stones or whatever. Because, or shouldn't you be running after the Digimon Emperor? There's none of that this time. Yeah, which is nice. So like they can, it's more, it's more of a relaxed feel. The whole thing yeah, just feels. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It it makes it makes sense because it's like, oh, the older kids are going to see Matt's band. Like that makes sense. The younger kids are having a Christmas yeah. party and they're just gonna have fun. Like it's like these things of like splitting them into like two smaller groups. That feels like very like natural and obvious, and then putting them back together into the big group for the battles. Yeah, and I think I think it reintroduces the uh, the original Digestant, uh, you know, in in a certain way. Like they have the opening with the with the presence, the presence obviously being the Digimon, uh, which I thought was really cute. And and then you know, and then later on you hear that like, hey, they're going to go see Matt's band, and then meanwhile the the, the current set of Digidestin though having the having that Christmas uh get together at, at Ken's. So it's kind of it's kind of cool because uh, you just sort of like, hey, they kind of come together and then they split off again before coming back together at the ending. Rather than just being like, on this week's episode, Joe is with the team for some reason, like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I'm not opposed to that, but necessarily, but like early early doors it felt like it was very sort of uh, formulaic, I suppose. Uh, yeah, early episodes were very much here. Here are the original Digidestined, and here's how they interact with the new kids. And now it is just basically just the kids are just doing what they would do, hanging out with their specific like close friends. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. then occasionally, like you know, it's Christmas. They're gonna they're gonna exchange gifts and you know do holiday sort of things. Um, bit weird to be review like talking about a Christmas episode in February, but you know. It was uh, Merry Christmas. Kind of... <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this kind of, uh, this kind of, um, you know, kind of sucker punched me a little bit when it started, and like the title card came up, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Why are we, do- we doing a Christmas?" I'm episode? always a fan of a good Christmas episode, okay. to be honest. So I, yeah. I was very welcome to see this. To be fair, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Christmas episodes. Yeah, totally. But, but yeah, and th- and this one wasn't like th- it didn't hinge on it too much. You know, it was fine. It was otherwise just an episode of Digimon. Yeah, it was it was used more as like specific window dressing that like they could have done it without it, but I like the Christmas like twist to it where it's like, oh, here are the reasons why these events are happening because of Christmas, but not focusing too heavily on like, oh no, Santa's being attacked yeah. by Arukenimon. We have to stop him. <laughs> yeah, they were, and, they, and they were very background as well, which I thought was 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 funny because like I think the ending fight is is like that whole scenario which kind of yeah kicks off the the upcoming like world tour arc um i thought that was pretty good but i, I did like that they were kind of like eric anymore and moving on kind of background for the most part um that was that was uh uh it was kind of an interesting choice but i i didn't mind that too much um now sloan i know you've got a lot of thoughts about the band scene in this episode okay so i kind of so wanted if to, you both remember I kind of a want, few episodes no no wait back. whoa 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 sloan 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 Cool jets. <laughs> yeah, let me finish. I just oh, thought I wanted to say. I wanted to say. I'm just so excited. Um, Scrafty hasn't said anything in a minute, so I just wanted to say okay. what your thoughts yeah, on I'm that. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I genuinely okay. I'm genuinely really sorry. I was just so excited to <laughs> talk about my conspiracy theories. Scrafty came into these with a. I think you. I think confused was the word that you that you used, wasn't it? So I kind of want your your take on this one. If that's all yeah, right. it just like there's some some there's a, a one two punch of um I guess I will call them dub dub problems within in in capitals uh as a proper <laughs> noun right um okay the first one is they they make some strange translation slash localization choices in this episode uh and the second is 
like this, in my opinion, at least, this show has always been pretty good about matching lip flaps. Like they never make it too obvious, even when they're telling like long-winded jokes that aren't even remotely related to the dialogue from before. Yeah. Like they make it seem like it's naturally delivered. But for some reason, this episode, and to a lesser extent, the next one, have some really awkward like lip flaps. Where I don't, I don't mean that in like you know, in terms of like you know what people think of when they hear bad lip flaps. Like you, oh, you imagine like an old kung fu movie where the characters' mouths keep moving after they're done talking or whatever. Uh, yeah. But rather, like they they have to match the lip lock, so that results in some extremely awkward lines that are very poorly delivered because the actors have to stop speaking in the middle of the line and start speaking again. Ah, oh, okay. Like yeah, I, there was there, yeah, like there was one that I was I, I was thinking of in particular when, um, I think it's like Mummy Mon talking, and he he's doing like, like he's doing like a taunt or a threat, and he starts a sentence and then stops it in the middle, yep. and then like continues on afterwards, and it feels so awkward, and I've never <laughs> noticed that to that extent in this show before, and it happens like six times in this episode. I just want to know like what what the deal with that is. Like, well, they, were they not able to write lines that match the lip flaps or uh, do they just not... Like, do they write the entire script and then not realize it wasn't going to fit until later? Huh. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was interesting. I, I definitely noticed this um, and I thought the worst... Not worst offender, but, like, I thought... I think the biggest, like... The biggest example of this, the most obvious example of this is in the... is uh, the uh, Christmas carol that uh, Kari has at the end of the episode. Which um, is so weird because that, was that like wasn't very... that was a silent scene. There's no lip flaps to match, and they still made it awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Okay. Perfect. I mean, I I figured, you know, honestly, actually, I probably could have guessed that that was the case. But like the the fact of the matter is, yeah, they have that in there, and then she's just go, she's just going at a million miles a million miles an hour. Like she's going. Yeah. You, you like just so. You fast. could like, think that they could like ex- like just copy some of the animations or something and like extend it like each one like like by like a second and it would help so much but she is she's literally just like rattling off everything as fast as she can <laughs> yeah god bless her um it was it was it was uh it was a choice but um but yeah i think i think i think it goes back to the thing that we've brought up before with this with this show and this dub and we'll probably continue to bring it up again like the the need for like you've got to have the characters talking all the time otherwise kids will get bored like you can't have quiet moments or whatever and i feel like um, as as we've discussed, like a lot of the extremities of the dub, let's say, uh, like have only seemed to have been more pronounced as we go into as we get deeper into this show in particular in, in O2. Um, and I feel like that's just, this is just another example of that. Just like the, the whole philosophy of just just keep talking. Just you got to keep talking. And for some reason, this episode just gets hit with that like a like a like a bat to the face. It just it just feels really <laughs> egregious in this one. And I'm not sure what makes it different, but it's definitely it's definitely here. Yeah. Like, this episode doesn't seem like it's got that much going on compared to others either. So I just it's very it's very odd. Yeah, that's it's strange and interesting. Um yeah, you, you already mentioned you already mentioned the like the awkward Christmas carol uh near yep. the end. Um but there's the the other part I want to talk about is the 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 Thai scene. I promise I'll make this brief because I don't think any of us are all that <laughs> uh, invested in this. But I thought about it, but but go on, go on, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, so like I the, have, yeah, I have thoughts over- about it, but invested is is a whole different idea. Yeah, so the overall tone is very different in the sub compared to in the dub. Um, 
Like, in the dub, it seems like Ty is kind of, like, awkwardly, like, asking her out, kind of. Yes. Um, Which makes sense, based on what, yeah. we, what we know of their relationship from Marvel or War Yeah, because so. both, both Mamoru Hosoda and Jeff Nimoy both, are both super into Ty Sora. Um, <laughs> um, it's Tyora. Please uh, get the uh, ship name right. My my mistake. I say the venom dripping from my <laughs> voice. Um... Yeah, so like in the in the dub, like he asks her out, and then it seems like he's a bit disappointed that Sora's like into Matt instead. Uh, whereas in the sub, it's kind of the opposite, where it seems like Sora's worried about hurting him, and he, instead he encourages her to go uh, be with Matt instead. Aww, that's kind of cute. So it's he's a bit more mature. He does do that in the dub. I didn't think it was. I was actually kind of surprised because I thought he was going to do like the thing where he's just like. Uh, you know, FM, FML. So, so it's into into Matt, not me. Fuck my life. Um, but um, he doesn't do that. And I, I I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'd have to compare the two myself. But I, I was kind of surprised. I thought it was. Yeah, like it, it is. Mature. It is still mature. But in the in the sub, it's explicitly like the the first line of the conversation is. Sora stops and Ty asks, "Why are you stopping?" And she looks at him. And then looks down at uh, her box. And Ty asks, is that for Yamato? And she says, well, yeah. And uh, he, he like, kind of like goes up to her and says, well, then hurry up and give it to him. So it's like from from the drop, like he's, you know, being encouraging and telling her to go after him instead of being like, hey, are you going to the concert with anyone? You want to hang out after or something? <laughs> that's cute. I mean, that's cute. I, but the, the thing I see it as is like, Obviously, like, Nimoy was in One Direction, and as we talked about, I think, in the past, uh, the the writer and the director of Adventure Zero 2 obviously had the different idea in mind for... Yeah, even, an idea that he told no one else, because even the voice actors were surprised by that. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it makes sense, like, why the differences is, and... It's like that's. I think both versions are kind of cute because, like, you have one where Ty's like, "Oh, oh, okay," like he's awkward, but he's like he's trying to go along with it and like be supportive for one of his best friends. And then the other one, he is like outright supportive and like, tr- and, and he's not he's not hurt or anything. So I think both versions are, sound nice. I think I honestly think it's such a good like it fits Ty's character really well. Um, y- you know, not the not the Ty we knew from the first show or even the type of war game really but like it fits you know we know that he progressively gets more mature as he gets older he's only 14 or here or you know i think that's not what he's supposed to be like i think it's more likely like he's a protagonist so he can't like actually like flip out or whatever or be like kind of like you know a dick about it but like he reacts appropriately here it's again i don't want to judge i don't want to pass judgment on the on the subversion because i've not watched it but um i find it kind of funny if, he, if he's just like oh yeah i was just here to like wingman you or whatever like i, I just, I just can't <laughs> see any any 14 year old boy that would also that. be like well, very yeah. thai style to be honest of him to be like hey i'm here to wingman you you got this bro <laughs> that's more like i don't know uh, I, that's more like Davis, I think. That's <laughs> more like his stick. Like I, 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 I think this episode is kind of fun with like the comparisons they make between Ty and Davis. Um, I, I yeah. enjoy that a lot. Um, but I think that's one way. That's something that Ty wouldn't really do, but Davis definitely hundred percent would do. Um, but 
but yeah, I think I think there's probably some character differences overall between like tie dub tie and sub tie anyway. Like like most of the characters in this show, so yeah. But anyway, like I said, I don't actually talk about this for too long because I don't actually care that much. I just wanted to highlight the differences because remember yeah. when that was my thing when I, I was just all about highlighting the differences between the sub and the dub, and I just kind of stopped doing that <laughs> after a while. <laughs> Well, I guess. Well, I mean, at some we point... we've been in a pretty rough arc, so I can't blame you. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you're going to be more enthusiastic about it when you're more enthusiastic about the show in general. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to be enthusi- that enthusiastic about Zervo too. The, the, you know, the mystery as stones, good as it can be at times. <laughs> the mystery stones. Take yes. a drink. Yeah, like, I'm still, I'm still on my Daisuke soapbox. I still think that Daisuke is a far better character than than Davis is, and like, <laughs> but but I am I, um, I sorry. Sorry, finish I had like a, a third eye open moment where like before watching the show subbed, I was like, why do people like Davis? Like he's such a garbage character. And then I watched it subbed, I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, no, everything you've said, like I, I genuinely am excited at some point to watch the sub of this show because uh, Dice K sounds great. Yeah, I realized yeah. and I couldn't stop realizing. I'm, I'm still incredibly surprised by how much I do like Davis compared to like how he is in like the the early episodes of the show um, yeah but 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 yeah i don't know if that's just like stockholm syndrome or something <laughs> but, <laughs> no i think i i, um, I, I do no maybe I do i'm like also him. stockholm syndrome but i i genuinely think like he's become like a pretty good character like he has he still has like hints of like oh kari but also like he's becoming way more well-rounded and fleshed out and like well he's got his boyfriend now so yeah he's got his boyfriend oh, now yeah, speaking exactly. speaking yeah. of that, in the in the sub, he is extremely excited to see the inside of Ken's house. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! That's the yeah. cutest thing. That's funny. Yeah, that's it's funny. it's so funny. Like near the beginning of the episode, when Ken's inviting them all, I think that the dub just has him crack a joke um, about like, uh, you know, calling everyone else over to um, to put pressure on Ken. But in the sub, yeah, he just says, "I can't believe I'm going to see what the inside of Ken Chan's house looks like." That's oh my god! That is so adorable. <laughs> That's funny. That makes him sound like like a fanboy, which is which is yeah. really funny. Okay, but um, also, uh, so you both remember many episodes back, I told you both to take notes on uh, the line that Deputy Mon gives of "boys cheat at cards." Yeah. What 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 card game did uh, Davis want to play? Say it. I know you want to say it. Someone Just... say it. I don't know. I know you Tom. want to say it. I literally don't remember. Sorry, I did not take notes. He wanted. He wanted to play strip poker. He starts to mention that before Ken's mom comes in with the phone. <laughs> be like, "Hey, uh, someone's <laughs> calling for Kari." That that line. Always is... cheat at cards. Davis wants to play strip poker. Davis realizes that in order to be a boy, he he needs to cheat at cards. Hence, why he suggests <laughs> strip poker. Oh goodness. Uh, it's okay. see that that line's funny, but the the subversion is just as funny to me. Okay, what's the subversion? So uh, this is right after Ken laughs for the first time, and everyone's like kind of fawning over that. Um, and Yoli says, oh, "Wow, Ken's so cute," and Daisuke starts to say, "Hey, I'm cute too." Before it gets cut off. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> it's such a weird like non sequitur, uh, but it's just something like, very like hilarious. But this really hot blooded like. You know, yeah. showing a protagonist to be like, hey, I'm cute. Mega competitive, despite it even making sense, whether or not it even makes sense to, <laughs> to be that way. No, I like that. 
That's funny. I and, and also just just to get because it's funny you mentioned like Davis being hyped. Sorry, Dice Game rather being being hyped to see like the inside of Ken's house. I love the scene. I love whenever like you get a post Emperor arc um, Ken scene now where he's like you know socializing and stuff after he got over his initial funk. His parents, well, his mum in particular, just being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe Ken's like actually you know being a normal child." <laughs> Just, um, it always just makes me like, actually, I actually love it, even though it's like <laughs> really kind of, um, I don't know, you think you should be used to it by now. It's been, it's been a good few weeks, <laughs> a good few months, right, since, yeah. since that began. So, um, I like how anyway, Ken's mom is like, uh, this is so, this is so like sweet, and then she's like, quick, thinks to add thoughts. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's got, she's got, um, she's got a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of positivity from like parents and so on in, in, these, in these two episodes. So, I mean, I'm into that very much. Um, yeah, I, I just like the, the, the you know, Again, getting to meet like the extended families and stuff of the of the gang is is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. Um, we see a lot of the parents, um, including early on when I guess we get our first hint at the uh, the new villain or like the, you know the the overarching. Yes, villain. I was um, I was hoping someone would bring him up because I love him a lot, but I didn't want to just like fangirl. Yeah. Man so. looks like Prince Philip. Dude looks like a corpse. Excuse, excuse <laughs> he sh- me. He looks like Tommy Wiseau. Thank you very much. No, he looks yeah, like a cor- dude. Is like dude is like a skeleton. He like, I saw it and I was like, like, is this Prince Philip? Like, dude is dead. Dude is a he's zombie. Like the, he's a zombie. He's just he's just the Undertaker with like uh, a sexy voice. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why and it sounds is, so like goddamn smooth. But, oh, it's uh, because of Jameson Price, one of my favorite voice actors <laughs> of all time. He's he, he has a like really just, good voice, though. I will not deny that his voice is great. He could have he could have taken TK's TK's mom home. Uh, in that moment, I know he. Oh, absolutely. If, he, if he just, if he just, if he just applied himself instead of doing all this control spike crap or whatever he's meant to be doing. Um, yeah, I think I way to beat the Digi Destined to I, take one of their moms home. It's just, it's just the um. Oh God, is that one community episode where they're getting bullied by like the high school kids, and then so like Jeff Winger just fucks that fucks the one of the bullies' moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um. No, I I honestly cannot remember in, in the slightest whether or not this dude is like a Digimon or not. Do not remind me. Um, but I'm very. Much I, I won't remind you. I will say he is arguably my favorite character in in Zero Two, and that includes Ken, who I love. Ooh. That's interesting. Okay, I'll look forward to that. He's he's super That's good, cool. and only half of that is because of Jameson Press. How does how does his how does his voice in the sub compare? It's almost the same. Like not even kidding. Okay. Price matches the delivery really, really well. That's great. And I'm impressed by that because according to, at least according to um, IMDb, this was only like his third ever role. Huh, okay. What else has he done? Uh, so uh, he's probably best known, he's Noob Sabat in, um, in Mortal Kombat. And he's the, the oh. he's the announcer of both Mortal Kombat uh, from 9 onwards and uh, Street Fighter 4. Wow. Oh, okay. He played uh, Sojiro Sakura in Persona 5, which I think most people are probably aware of. Um, he was Lord... Oh, he was, my. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he was yeah, the, the, the dad. Uh, Futaba's dad. He was um, Lord Genome in the dub of Gurren Lagann. Okay. I've not seen that. I've never seen Gurren Lagann, so... Yeah. I think... Revoke, he... Please, please revoke my anime card. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, and he yeah, was... No, he's, 
uh, Iron Tiger and Blaze Blue, if anyone knows Blaze Blue. Okay. And uh, Leo White Fang and Guilty Gear. Oh, okay. okay. So and just a lot, those... a, lot, a lot of buff dudes and like sort of yeah. Kind of. He's got a he's got a very manly voice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of potentially skeevy, but not really kind of dudes. So. Oikawa is definitely skeevy. I don't know if have any of you played um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I have, and I, I I saw the character that he played when I went to check his IMDb, so I or his Wikipedia, but I haven't seen that character, so I'm pretty sure that's a route I haven't done. It's it's yeah, he's the 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 man antagonist of the Golden Deer route. Okay, yeah, that would explain why. That is that's cool. He's he's dudes dudes been around the block for a little yeah, while. Yeah, he's he's super cool. Oh yeah, I, f- I totally forgot. Most important role he's ever done. He was Papa Nier in the original Nier. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's that great. Is kind of, I have that no is idea why that escaped me, considering that's like my favorite role of his. But yeah, he's he is super <laughs> super good in that role. It's, it's I will non, miss it's, him as of, as of April. It, it's non-canon, so <laughs> I know I will I will miss I will miss him so much in this remake. Like not not even joking, even one percent. The the near Automata remaster or not the near Automata, the near Replicant remaster is weaker without him. Yeah. Whatever, whatever Twink VA they get to voice uh, Brother Near <laughs> will nowhere be nowhere near as good as Jameson Price. Look, uh, look, we know that we know that thing. If that is not a remaster, that is a full-on remake. We know Taro is gonna like mess around with us in that. I, I would not be <laughs> remotely surprised to see. Um. Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna stop talking because I think <laughs> we're veering into spoiler territory. So. <laughs> uh, but yes, I just trust me when I say, even if you play, you're playing the remaster as your first experience with Near. Go back and rewatch the entire game with with Jimison Price's voice acting because he's so good. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, this dude. Anyway, that's um, what's yeah, that's, his name? That's my bet. Uh, Yukio Oikawa. Yep. Oikawa. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So Yukio Oikawa, private investigator. Of, it's kind of fun because it's kind of like you have this you have this interesting scene where like date. Okay, was that Davis's dad in the soul? Uh yes. Or Daisuke's dad, I suppose. It so. I couldn't tell because I I almost felt like that was just like her just chatting to like a random person she knows, um, and then they chose to make it someone else for the for the dog. Yeah, no, they they explicitly do say in the in the sub like he thanks her for always accommodating Davis, and she's like, "Well, you always have TK over, so thank you." That's cool. I like that. I like the I like the parents interacting and you know yeah. being aware that they exist and stuff rather than just being like they, yeah. they should. God, if... It's proper. It's proper, but like it's still nice. See that sort of detail, even if it is just part of a scene, which you know is is foreshadowing something much more important. So yeah, <laughs> I like that. God, yeah, Andy Williams, you BTFO, like Jameson Price saying it's the most wonderful time of the year is infinitely better than any dumb Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! We're just firing, firing all kinds of shots today. Yeah, yeah. Um, on all cylinders. On covering fire in every direction today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I I much enjoyed his interaction. But I think we I, I think we may have delayed long enough though. Um, I think we may need to let the uh, let the uh, let Sloane go off on something that she my has cons- discovered. My conspiracy yes. theory. Yes, you're just yes, you're, you're okay. conspiracy theory. Give me the deets. What's your what's your uh, what's your tell all on this musical okay, conspiracy? Okay, so I mentioned a few episodes ago we had talked about uh, I can't like. For some reason, we talked about the uh, the one like driving song or whatever in Deadly Premonition, and how that was basically just a rebuff of American Idiot. <laughs> God, and yes, we said, did. And I had said I believed that in Digimon Adventure Zero Two, 
there is a song that feels like that, in my opinion, was more of a ripoff on a Green Day song, which as I listened, I, I realized I was wrong. But it's it's not a complete ripoff, but I am I firmly believe that when they gave Matt and his band a song to, a song, because they made this song like for the show that's only played as far as I can tell twice. Once in episode four, whichever one had Red Vegemon, because we see uh, Matt's band practicing a bit and all the girls are going wild. And in this one where we get like the, the party dance remix where it's like 120 BPM or something. This I firmly believe that Matt uh, and the Teenage Wolves song, I Turn Around, is just a heavily modified version of When I Come Around by Green Day. I having heard the evidence, I, I concur. I, I for for reference, I linked both songs in the in our Discord chat. And I told yeah. both Crafty and Tom, like, please listen to this before we record. Oh. It's all I ask. Sloan, Sloan, there was honestly no need. I as soon as I as soon as you posted that link and was like, hey, listen to this. I mean, I I, I love Dookie. It's like the only Green Day album I really have time for, to be honest. So <laughs> they, I'm gonna like, take that out of context. Like, as soon as you... Tom, I love Dookie, 2021. <laughs> Everyone knows it's an album. Come on. <laughs> um. I as soon as you posted that, having heard that song like a million times, I, I was just like, "Oh gosh, okay, this is going to be fun." And then as soon as I heard the song in the episode, I was like, "Oh no!" I mean, you know, that's kind of I was kind of biased at that point because like I knew what you were going for, but I, I definitely heard it, and it was uh... the version. The version in the episode is much faster, which is weird because for some reason I remembered the slower version, which I was able to find on YouTube, thankfully. Yeah. Um. This. This. This does not stack up to uh, the American uh, the American idiot ripoff from Deadly Premonition. I've got to say, like it doesn't. And I, and swear, I, and we, I was, swear I was we should go to jail. For, swear we should go to jail for that, <laughs> and possibly a few other things. Um, but um, this, I, I think, I think the Digimon team can probably can probably get away with this one. They're not getting DMC oh, yeah. for for Matt's song, so. Um, yeah. You know. So uh, I'm I'm a I I played music uh, for for many years. I am a fan of music. So if I may go into uh, my my <laughs> Sorry, my research, I, when you say you're a fan of music, I immediately, I immediately just had a mental image of like Nathan Fielder saying that. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. I just the plan, <laughs> like song from I, Matt's band, the Teenage Wolves. That sounds like Green Day, but isn't Green Day. It just matches like this is this is just Green Day. <laughs> it's like, wait, what have we pitched it up a bit? Maybe we increase the tempo. No, but honestly, it was just like as soon as you said like I'm a music fan, and I was just immediately like, I don't believe you. <laughs> but yeah, I know you are, saying I'm so. a music fan is a thing like uh, is an al- is a thing an alien says to prove yes. that they're human. <laughs> Sorry. So I've just proved that I'm an alien. No, it's uh, okay. yeah, I can I can just freaking picture him uh, saying that too. Just like now, I'm a music fan, <laughs> just like you. I'm a music fan. I'm a fan of music. <laughs> it's more Anthony, Anthony Fantano or um, or that guy or, or Nathan Fielder. I forgot his name. Anyway, yes, <laughs> I I yes, sorry, Sloan. You're a fan of music. That's okay. Therefore, I'm a fan of music. I've I've played music in the past, not as much now because uh what is doing anything at all. And so I I did a lot of work on this last night. And by a lot of work I mean like forty minutes. Cause I'm I'm only human. So but also this involves like downloading this song off YouTube and like putting it through a 
like a website to calculate BPM. So when I come around is 99, like 99 and 98 BPM. This song is 96 BPM. Only two off. Okay. The the chord progression for the intro is essentially the same with uh, Matt's band song being G, D, G, C. Uh, these are, of course, guitar chords. And when I come around being G, D, E, C. And things get a little more different, but like the verses have like very similar like chord changes only... Green Day uses power chords versus like the natural chords that Matt's band uses. The chords aren't the same at all. And in conclusion, this is the same song, but it's not. Like, I want to believe firmly that obviously they were inspired by Green Day because, you know, Matt's band, being a bunch of dork teenagers, were like, yeah, let's do some punk rock. It'll be cool. But also, like, that's what they imagined. But I also like to imagine in universe that Matt was just like, I need to make a song. Uh, but I can't make any songs. Uh, okay, Green Day, perfect. Let's just let's just repurpose one of their songs. <laughs> um, I honestly <laughs> thought you were leading up to like just drop on us that you'd like made a mashup of, <laughs> of both songs. No. I thought that was I... going somewhere like amazing. I um, wish. I mean, it was, I, I... but like, yeah. Thank you. I listened to both <laughs> songs at the same time, and it didn't work because. Uh, the intro for Matt's song is so short compared to when I come around, <laughs> which like does its yeah. intro like uh, chord progression like eight times or something. So it couldn't yes. match up yeah. that well. And I was like, oh no, my plan's been ruined. But <laughs> it's not the same song, but they are they are very similar. And I would not be surprised if, especially, okay, look at the names. I When I come around versus I turn around, this is, oh, they were yeah, clearly I inspired even, by this song. It. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I I imagine one hundred percent. There needs to be someone on Twitter who worked on this. We can put this put this theory to. Although whether or not they'll be willing to like say one way or the other without fear of getting sued, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, that's the main thing. Or they might just get offended and be like, "No, I worked really hard on this song. <laughs> How dare you?" Hey, <laughs> like, I, I would. for for like, no, just... for what it's worth, it is a well made song. It is a solid song in terms of like. How the song goes. How if the song's actually good itself, I won't say it one way or the other. I don't want to get blasted. <laughs> yeah. Look, I would But after I would... listening to this like ten times in a row last night, I started to enjoy this song unironically. <laughs> oh, Thought it was I would, pretty I, good. I would say, um, this is the kind of thing that you just don't see in like anime like dubs or localizations anymore. Like making you know, because I, I assume there's a Scrafty, you'll be able to confirm this, Michelle. But like, I am, I assume there is a song that they play in the Japanese version, which isn't like just a repurposing of an existing insert. Am I right or am I wrong? No, it it is just his character song. Oh, it is. Well, that's still fitting, I suppose. But like, they 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 saw that and they were like, let's make a song for Matt to sing. Like, which is pretty cool. Like, like, if you think about, I think that yeah, they could have just like done like some like like just done like, some chord stuff, like, done, like, the solo to, like, one of their already made insert songs or something, or, like, had one of the songs play. But they made a song, and I can respect that. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's, like, it shows that they had a, you know, they had a decent amount of cash to throw around, you know, when they wanted to, which makes sense, given how big the show was at the at the time. Uh, or at least coming off of the end of, you know, Adventure and, and the movie. But, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you wouldn't see that anymore, like, nowadays. They could have they cheaped out and, yeah, done, done one of the existing insert songs but they didn't and i think it really improves the scene in comparison because you know matt's in a kind of 
scrappy teenage rock band. Like you know, yeah, exactly. Kind of song that kind of fits that. Honestly, him kind of just yeah, him kind of ripping off Green Day is also like it's like a hilarious character detail if you think about it. Yeah, in that sense, I'm firmly going to believe that in universe Matt was like. Oh, I don't know how to write music. Oh, okay, and he's like flipping through like tabs books, like trying like see like okay, what can I do? What can you... oh Green Day, perfect. And then he and the band like change it around a little bit, and then they're like okay, perfect, we got a song. And then but it's just like a Green Day song like repurposed. Okay, I'm I'm just looking. So this t- this takes place in 2002. Seven Nation Army came out in 2003, uh, by the White Stripes, which is of course iconic. Uh, uh, Babby's first guitar song. So, that that, yeah, his and and uh, Fetus's first drum song concerning the drum lines, just the kick pedal over and over again. <laughs> I um, hey, don't don't disrespect Meg White, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just remembering playing that song in a rock band and my foot literally getting tired from having to hit the <laughs> kick pedal. That's why you have times. a second foot. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I. I. Yes. Yeah, so like a year later, Matt's mind would have just been completely blown. Like he'd just be like, <gasps> he'd be in, he'd be in the Tower Records or whatever, and he'd just be like, holy shit, guys, we've got a new song. We've got a new song to play. <laughs> and just, Wait, no, that's Smoke on the Water. Um. Yeah, that's, that's Smoke on the Water. Good job. Yeah, I'm. I'm an idiot. Right. Moving on. Um. This is this is a fun episode, but. Yeah. Um, I. I, 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 hey, there's a big fight at the end. It's called seeing all the Digimon team up. Um, I like yeah. the, the new. I like the new thing that they've. Well, they kind of already did it, but like I like that they've established like, hey, this is what we're gonna do from now on is just throw Digimon into this laptop um, to the point where Greymon literally tosses a gigantic T-Rex at, the, at these kids like without a kid, without a care in the world. So yeah, Shakuamon like picks up a Monzaemon like like a like a gotcha crane thing and just <laughs> yes! like and I like was... moves slowly moves it over to the laptop. I was just gonna say that yeah, he just yeets it into the laptop. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that's that's a good scene. Um, I so I did enjoy that. Uh, I did also like the um the fact when Matt's you know when the uh, I guess the interference from the Digimon like messes up the instruments. I just I just immediately started thinking. Have you ever seen those videos on YouTube of like shredded versions of like bands where it's like the bands performing live, but like they've somehow just completely like messed with all the audio, so they sound like they're absolutely awful. Um. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it just, I it just I just made a note. It just said like Matt's band, in, and then in brackets shredded. <laughs> so, just, yeah. Okay, I, 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 to, I I'm pretty sure they had a backing track going because it still had like <laughs> the music playing, even though they're like, huh, our instrument's not working. So I think Matt's band is, a, is is fraudulent. The Teenage Wolves are fraudulent. Yo Lee did all the real work, as we yep. know. Yep. No, one hundred percent. Like they're they're a vanity band. Like they're, they're you know. They're not there to see them play. They all like have yeah. talent. And you're stuff. you're there, there to, to dream about kissing Matt on the lips. Yes, you're there for the you're there for the reasons June's there. Like put it that way. So, also before we would potentially continue on, I thought June was just like funny and just how like blatantly sad it kind of is, and how her <laughs> best friend is there, just like just like sort of like. Just like hiding her face, basically, like, oh, I don't want to be seen with her. Right, like, I love her; she's my best friend, but I really don't want to be seen with her right now because she's acting up. It's just, it's just um, it's just like uh, Nivea Charm Ramona at the at the like concert at the beginning of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <Where she's laughs> like, Woo, sex bomb! And they're just like side eyeing her, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? 
<laughs> That's basically it, and it's I I genuinely love that. <laughs> okay, um, shall we take a break before we move on? Yeah, uh, let's uh, take a quick break, and then we will pick back up with episode thirty-nine. And we are back. We took a little bit of a break, uh, but we are kicking it strong with episode 39. Uh, Tom, would you like to take that away for us? Yeah, episode 39. Um, picking up very shortly after where the last one left off. Uh, this episode is called Draymond Power. Uh, Draymond as in Seedramon, etc. The gist of it is basically after the last episode where it kind of left on a bit of a bit of a cliffhanger of like, Oh, control spires are popping up everywhere. You know, after after what happened at Matt's concert, this is clearly going to start happening in more places. And we start out with a news report, basically going into detail on all the various places where the uh, control spires and rampaging Digimon have have shown up. So basically, the gang are like watching this unfold, and they all, you know, they all agree to coalesce at Izzy's house while they're on the way. However, Davis is like, he heard in the news that there's a uh, there's a control spire in Tami- T- T- Tamachi, where Ken lives. So Ken lives there, Davis is worried, and he basically says to Ty, I- I'm going to go, I'm going to go help Ken. And after he reluctantly goes, okay, fine. So Davis runs off. Meanwhile, the rest of the gang are like, you know, they're meeting up at Izzy's house, just to just to chat through things once more. Um, meanwhile, this is going on, we see a shadowy figure talking to Azulongmon in the digital world, and he gets given a Mega Revolution Stone. Uh, sorry, I mean a, a Digicore by Azulongmon. And Izzy, with the with the other kids, he manages to summon the Shadow Weaver after after a while. Before then, he's been getting all these emails from around the world from kids and and other folks who are are also digidestined themselves, and you know need to go to Izzy for some advice as he's like the the admin. But yeah, so eventually Izzy's like, okay, I'm just going to put my screens together, and then some weird shit's gonna happen and then boom jenai pops out of a hole in reality jenai is in his sexy younger form and he is there to basically give them the power to go to ultimate level again basically undoing the whole magical shield barrier blah 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 stuff that that made the original digidestined and tk and kari lose their ultimate powers while all this is going on Davis has caught up with Ken in Tamashi. Ken is out there with Wormmon, and there's a control spire about. And also, uh, Morbimon and Kennymon are basically kind of like terrorizing Ken personally because, you know, they hate him. <laughs> and so Davis shows up, manages to destroy the control spire. They manage to go Digivolve up into Pyodramon to sort out a paging. Ta- um, what's the Digimon called? It's not Tyranimon. Triceramon. Triceramon. There we go. I could have probably guessed that. <laughs> Triceramon. But it's a bit too much for them. However, when Jedi gave all the kids the power to go to Ultimate back, the light travels all the way to Kamachi and hits Peodramon as its overhead. This causes it to evolve into its mega form, Imperial Draman. After blowing up a castle for no reason, it, it handily dispatches Triceramon and Mummymon as well, who is who also jumped into the fray at some point. And then Imperial Jumon just goes around blowing the evolving shit out of all the control spires up and down Japan. 
<laughs> so he literally just goes all the way around Japan, blowing them up. He kind of like he can move at like supersonic speed. He's kind of OP. He's the he's the best Digimon of them all, as he as he as he says, which isn't which isn't arrogant at all. So the moments to catch up with the gang later on, you know, they they meet they meet Davis, Ken, and Imperial Jaman, and they hatch a plan to basically they've managed to take out all the control spies in Japan in the space of like an hour. Now they need to do the same for the rest of the world. So they all hatch a plan where they're all going to fly on Imperial Jaman's back, go to meet up all the other Digidestins around the world, and do a somewhat of a Digimon world tour. And that's the end of the episode. And I a world tour cool. if. Yeah, if if a bit if a bit uh, uh kind of kind of getting back into the law problems <laughs> we've had we've had so far in this show. Um, Scrafty, I'm curious. Does the sub? I know you said you don't want to be that person too much anymore, but like, <laughs> does the sub? How how are the differences in this one? Because well, I feel like there's a lot of room. Actually, I I do want to be that person. I was just disappointed that like the last few episodes, like the last stretch of episodes, has just been so uninteresting. Like in terms of the changes, that I haven't gotten like a chance to talk much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what in particular were you hoping to hear about for this? I mean, I think I don't know. It's just like uh, the the reference a lot of like place names, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I think it's specifically around Jedi talking about like you know, talking about the, like, Mega Digivolve stuff and so on. So that's all pretty much... Is that pretty much identical? Or, like, I'm curious what the changes are, because it was just... It just felt like there was a lot going on in this episode. And it felt kind of rushed. Yeah, like, the, the general gist is the same. Like, it's just, like, the, the specifics that are kind of different. Um, Like, Jedi does specify in the sub that the reason why he looks so young is because he's... um. He split himself into multiple uh, pieces, and that's like so. Each iteration of him that we see from now on is like a, a fraction of the old Wait, Jedi. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Because I mean, he, he says he's just got a crew, basically. They go into it like, more in later episodes. Okay, because I remember yeah. um, in the ultimate was it the Ultimate Clash uh, last series where we saw other hooded dudes. Like working alongside uh, Obi Wan Jedi, yeah. So, but now but it's these... but now it's just Jedi. It's just Jedi. All the hooded dudes are dead. It's just Jedi now. Yeah, they got murked by. It's just Jedi uh, and his I... and his many selves. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't sure if like the the digital world being reset meant like they came back. So it's just Jedi. I guess so. Yeah. Nah. I mean, Yole asks him, didn't she? Goes like, so you have you have like a team or whatever? And he just goes like, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that change. <laughs> um. Which I think they'll, they'll get into it more later. I think they just didn't know what the team was at this point yet. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So, oh, by the way, we we find out Yole's got like a older guy thing going on, which I thought was Yole... kind of weird. No, Yole just has a thing for literally anyone that breathes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I did. I, just such a such a such an unfortunate line, I suppose, <laughs> where she goes like. Um, uh, it's like you're, you're the honkiest looking old guy I've ever seen, or whatever. It's just like, okay, <laughs> weird thing to have a child say, but okay. Um, I honestly put a note, a line in my notes of like, is Yoli gonna thirst over him? And then like two seconds later, it actually happened, and I'm just like, of course. And then like TK or whoever it is is like, props to your plastic surgeon. 
it's like uh, yeah i guess i guess at the time i think that was like a topic like a of sorts wasn't it plastic surgery and stuff if you saw a 1000 year old dude who was now ewan mcgregor you would probably give hats off to their plastic surgeon no i just think that i just think i was in an anime which would be correct in this case (laughs) i was just like oh you're a thousand year old dude but you look like not that age okay guess i'm in an anime now I'm in, a, I'm in a bad anime now. <laughs> There's also an interesting an interesting wrinkle in the sub as well that I wanted to, to bring up. Um, so in both versions, Jedi talks about how he's been going from place to place, deleting any information about the digital world off of human computers so that they can't try, right. to, try to find That's it. Right. Um, in the sub, he, he does specify that this, along with the Dark Tower's interferences, have rendered most of the world's militaries useless right now. <laughs> so, nice. It, nice. They're the last hope to fight the the invading monsters, which I guess is like they're. I guess they they felt they had to come up with a reason why the military isn't just rolling around blowing up all the monsters they can. It's like, oops, I actually wrecked the world's military. But like, they seem to make a. That's quite funny and very Jedi, I suppose. But like, they also make a point of like how like all the they wanted to you know use this. You don't want to get into the digital world, whatever. And he makes jokes about like, oh, we don't want people setting up theme parks there. But obviously, you can read into like you know. Who knows what would happen when, like, the government gets inside the digital world, or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Um, and you have these, you have these scenes of like military-looking dudes looking like it's out straight out of a cure or something. And it's that was an interesting point to make. So that's is that is that a dub original? Like the sort of implications of the government, you know, Jedi not trusting the government to like. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty point or... blank in the sub as well. Like he okay. he straight up says. Um, I don't trust the public with Digimon. They have evil purposes. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame him. My my thing was more of like, he gets very mad at the idea of it being a vacation spot more than the militarization of the digital world, which, don't get me wrong, <laughs> uh, the digital world just being becoming uh, hu- humanity's vacation hub, still pretty bad, but if I looked between the two, I think there is one I would immediately be like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do something about that. Between between like Jedi's thoughts there and his comment about unionizing, uh, there's a lot of good like comrade energy in this episode. <laughs> yeah, because he's a comrade. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's gone from very uh, hype. Jedi has regressed from, or I guess pr- progressed from um, do nothing CEO to uh, comrade. Yeah, and then Ty's got his big like. He's just like I. He's like, oh, hey, a whole army of Digidescent and I get to be the leader? And I'm just like, this is not That's the energy right. tie. This is not the this is not the energy to use. That was really funny. I love I love that line a lot. I like I like was, no, was good. Every, everyone just like, oh Ty. I like these episodes getting to like have Ty just like go back to being kind of dorky again, like like he used to be, because he's because he's more like actually involved in, in things and he's got Agumon with him. Like I I, I like that side of these episodes quite a lot yeah he's kind um, of a dingus if you think about it <laughs> i thought the just going back to the the, the sort of the the law drop of jedi you know basically is you know going into the internet and uh, wiping everyone's hard drives i really like that i really like the concept and it kind of explain it kind of does a nice it kind of does an okay an okayish job of like explaining why knowledge of the digital world is still seems kind of limited it's undermined a fair bit by the fuzziness of how this was handled in earlier episodes um especially when it comes to like family members being aware of you know or sometimes not aware of digimon um but i think overall 
you know, in and of itself, I think that's fine. I think it's kind of fun to have Jedi like return, and it turns out he's been doing something. Um, so that's kind of cool. And I, and, I, and again, I guess it's one of those things where it's funny because it feels like it's answering a bunch of questions that I I don't think the target audience at the time would be asking, but like us pedantic bastards on on podcasts in in like 20 years later would definitely be asking like where's the military and all this <laughs> like you know we could we there was a version of this podcast a worse one where we maybe would ask those kind of questions all the time um and uh and i know we'd, we'd have goes, someone edit a ding in every time we did yeah <laughs> oh no no this is not we're not doing take that. a drink every time we ask where the military is <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's kind of it, it's fine, and and I did like the like the visuals of like Jedi just like, you know, floating his way through the internet like he's in the fucking <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> so it's so dorky. Yeah, I loved it. Just swiping, just swiping magnets all over the uh, Pentagon's computers. <laughs> yes, he's just uh, deleting System Thirty Two on in the uh, in the uh, in like Mossad or whatever. <laughs> What's going on? Um. I so that was fun. I didn't mind it as like a as as retcons go in this show so far. I thought that was fine. I thought it was. I mean, like is a, that even a is that even a retcon? I mean, I yeah, retcon's not the right word, but I can't think of the right word for like, you know, you're revealing this information now, and you could, probably could have done it a lot earlier, and maybe it would have been more like meaningful then. But like, I don't know, and it's kind of like not really that important at this point, but you're doing it anyway. And it's kind of like going back and saying, oh, I did this earlier before the show even began. But you didn't know until now. And it's kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> I guess it's not consequential enough to be a, a retcon. Or, or there's nothing pre-established in there that it's that it's contradicting. So, yeah. Is there a word for that? <laughs> Is there Annoying. A really, long, <laughs> a really long German word or something like that would <laughs> explain what that is. Um, That's right in the corner. How do you... Sure. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it means. Um, yeah, but uh, I think the main thing in this episode is, of course, the, uh, the the first the appearance of our first mega of this of this series. Um, it, it, feels, it feels kind of unceremonious to me too. Like, it does. I was surprised. I did. You I know, mean, obviously I, the I title, thought... but. I didn't. Yeah, I thought this happened way later. Like it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess we need it to fight Mummy Mon. <laughs> like the first <laughs> megas kind of, in the it's last kind of an series. Accident. Yeah, it's like, an the first, accident, which is hilarious. the first megas in the last series were to fight friggin' Venomiasma, like the ultimate form of the strongest enemy so far. And this is like, not, yeah. Not, yeah, not only that, it was, it was, it was, it happened because. Literally, like angels shot these ten-year-old children like a more or less point-blank range with like arrows of golden holy light. Like this was like, oh, Jedi just like opened up his uh, opened up his box of of uh, magic, and then suddenly like it just happened to fly all the way across the neighborhood, and like, uh, oh, he was in a fight with like a moderately tough opponent, and there you go. And then he just obliterates them. <laughs> like I just yeah. It's completely unceremonious. You you are you are right. Like imagine if in, in Pokemon, like Ash finally evolves Pikachu into Raichu just to fight Team Rocket. Like it'd be so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be something. Yeah, um, it's 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 funny, but like, I I think it's fine. I guess because like, 
Imperial Jumon here is kind of like just here to set up the world tour. Like they need a way to get around the world. Yeah. Convenient. Because uh, and they do uh, a lot of. Can, do I, a lot of can I interject real quick? Because there was ahead. something here that I felt was a retcon. They say Go that ahead. only like one port at an area at a time in each area can be opened, and I don't remember that ever being the case. And it just feels yes. so like, well, we can't just do that. We have to have another thing to do. And I'm just like, but what? It 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 made no sense to me. I was like, since when did this? restriction apply like why why is this out of nowhere i was just about to say like they do a lot of work to explain why they can't just use the like the gates um yeah which i just thought was very strange like i feel like it would have been cooler if like you know you could have even done the exact same sort of thing where like they have imperial drum show up and then they're just like oh we were going to use the gates and it was going to be kind of awkward but now we'll just fly that's way cooler yeah um you know that could have been yeah. a fun thing might as, might as well they, have. They, 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 Again, they kind of go to town to explain this stuff in like they kind of they kind of spend way too much time on like introducing information that didn't previously exist. If that makes, yeah, so it's that same concept again. Yeah. Uh, just without the fun the fun the fun visuals. It this all builds up to a very toyetic uh, moment in the Japanese version where um after Imperial One returns from his uh his little circuit of Japan, uh Daisuke goes, wow, I can't believe how fast that was. And then Jenai, like, walks out and says, based on my calculations, you can fly around the entire world in only 30 minutes. That's pretty fast. And just, like, how do you know this, Jenai? Like, you just got here. Jenai's, yeah. Jenai's like, basically a computer. Like, he's not a dude. He's, 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 he, you know, he's computer. Yeah, it's just weird, because he explicitly says, like, a minute before that, like, oh, we didn't mean for Imperial Drone to show up. Like, that was an accident. And then he, all of a sudden he just knows everything about it. And it just feels kind of <laughs> weird. And like, you know, he's got Kung Fu grip as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think that I think that scene where like Imperial Jamon just goes like, oh, I'm the strongest there is. And it's just, it's just like, um, okay, one, definitely not. <laughs> like, you weren't even standing on like your hind legs yet. Like you... You would, you know, there was no four-legged Digimon out there that is the best. Like, you need to be at least humanoid form. Wow. Um, which they do. Look, that's just the way it's been. Omnimon, humanoid. Wargreymon, humanoid. Um, I don't know, like, Piedmon was the strongest of the Dark Masters. The most humanoid. Um, that's you know, fair. It's, yeah, it's like in like a Final Fantasy game. The, the last boss mutates into a giant monster, but then the last phase is always them becoming a little pretty boy human. <laughs> Yeah, shirt okay. the Sephiroth. <laughs> you know, you don't. It's not the final boss. It's not yeah. safe for Sephiroth. It's Sephiroth just with his nipples out. Like that's that's just the way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, so, Kefka from from Final Fantasy VI. The the final form of Kefka is just uh, as a buff human instead of a gross tower of meat. I've never. Uh, I didn't know that. I've not played FF6, so it's good. People should play FF6. I like how Imperial Dramon is like. I'm the str- I'm stronger than any other Digimon, and I'm just like imagining like Black War Greymon would be there, and Imperial Ultramon's like, did did I say that out loud? I meant uh, bye, and just like <laughs> flying off at light speed. Imperial Ultramon should definitely be stronger than uh, War Greymon and 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 his. They've Black got Draymon destroyers. Well, that's true, but also he's like he's a he's a, a mega he's a Draymon. He's a me- got Draymon he's a, destroyers. He's a mega DNA Digimon. Like he's he is a. They do a DNA Digivolution, evolution, or uh, and that's like ultimates and already pretty damn powerful. And then they're they're at Mega now, so I feel like they should be stronger. Like they should be, they should have like, you know, 
if not quite twice as strong as most megas. Anyway, whatever, like... Wong Greymon got, like, punked previously by, like, Piedmon. Like, you know, he's not all that. Because he's not like, a Draymon. Well, yeah, but, opened, like, he's also... Just, opened the clown portal. He's also just the Joker. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he shouldn't be... He shouldn't be, um... You know, he shouldn't be falling for Piedmon strict like that. Like, he, you know, he should be... He should be more powerful than that if the hype is to be believed, so... Um... It's, um, I just wanted to say Piedmon's trick. I can't lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was forced. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, Imperial Jamon. Anyway, I like how he's just like a jet engine. Like, he just makes plane noises. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. You you were right. I think toyetic is definitely the right word <laughs> to use to describe. Ever since I've learned that word, I've overused it way so much, way too much. It's like a, a film student learning it's the phrase applicable. mise-en-scene. You've got to use it like every sentence from then on. <laughs> I mean, it's applicable. It's applicable when you're talking about Digimon. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look at him. He's he's very he's got like a very busy design. Not completely in a bad way. He's got a lot going on, and he's basically just I'm a cool plane now, but I can also eventually transform into a cool dude. He he looks very compact in this picture. You've just posted like the, like a slightly official like, you know, creature artwork. And I I don't know what to call that like design where it's like the heavy black outlines and 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 that. But it's like it's not from the anime. It's from like the card game or something. It's like it's it's like the reference book art. I want to say yeah yeah. It's the right. reference so book. He looks very compact here. Like he's all sort of like his limbs are very close together. Um, almost like it looks like he's crouching. Um, but like in the show, in the show, I feel like he's just like he's almost like completely like spread out. <laughs> like he's, he just seems really long, uh, which I think is funny. Yeah, I think my my biggest disappointment with Imperial Jamon is that it loses almost all of the Stingmon elements. Like this is just a Vmon form now. Yeah, it is. But also, like, there's so much like original stuff in this. Like he's just co- he's just covered in armor, which is like black and gold with like red wings. Like his helmet as well is just like entirely like original it's really leaning more into the draymon part so mm-hmm. as, like, it looks it looks he, almost like he's got war Greymon's helmet uh on top of the red <laughs> helmet yeah he looks like bit. he's got school Greymon's helmet on like you know he's got that kind of i don't know there's a lot going on he's a he's a busy designer and he's got metal Greymon's hair yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, good callback <laughs> um but he basically feels like his own <laughs> he basically just feels like his own digimon at least in this form I think I think Scrafty, you may be, uh, th- th- that may be even more correct, uh, or or obvious, I suppose, when we get to the fighter form in the future. So uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're not we're not there yet. Uh, we have a uh, cool plane buddy for now. Um, photon cannon's cool. That's a that's a fun move. It's got a good name. Uh, I like how it just yeah. travels up the entire length or like length and breadth of Japan. <laughs> In like three shots, really funny. I like uh, I like how in his his CGI evolution sequence he just nukes the castle for no reason. Yeah, there he are just people like, living there. He just like f this one castle in particular <laughs> <laughs> and just, just blows it up. It's so funny. Yeah, it creates one of those like Akira style dome explosions as he flies towards the camera. <laughs> I think it's funny that when like they realize you know because they learn about the kids are basically like watching as it were Imperial Jamon. You know, if while at Izzy's house, I like how, you know, like they explain like, oh, that happened because of the light that Jenna released or whatever. I like how like neither of the kids ask, 
oh, I wonder if we'll be able to do that with our Digimon. And also, none of them are, like, Jedi doesn't, like, break it to them that, like, oh, yeah, no, sorry, only Davison can get the cool Mega <laughs> <laughs> No one gets to, you know, there is no disappointment <laughs> or anything like that. They, they just know deep yeah. down. They know they're not the main characters. <laughs> they know, they know they're the they're the NPCs, or whatever. <laughs> so it's uh, it's sad because I think I think they could have made some cool megas. I don't know. It would it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Hawkmon's uh, canonical mega is Valkyriemon, which would have fit pretty well for like a Sophiemon evolution. I feel like. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look these up on the. On the on the wiki, uh, see if they got any further forms. I don't know what Shakuamon would evolve into. Uh, just like a just like a floating church or something. <laughs> I think it's it's canonical and mega. I think it's Terramon, so like the pterodactyl one. That's oh, that's, that's weird. Strange. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, not unprecedented for Digimon, I guess. Like you know, just like confusing. Next forms, Dinosmon. It's Dinosmon. That makes sense. Well, uh, kind of. He's he's got like a it's like like a weird like holy knight thing going on. Yeah. Um. Valkyriemon. Yeah, well, I think Valkyriemon would be would be a really good like upgrade for Sophiemon because they're both like bird people warriors, but then like Sophiemon or Valkyriemon's like that sort of like Norse aesthetic. Yeah. Valkyriemon. Uh. Oh, it's made by a fan. That's fun. It was made by well, like a like a contest. That's fun. Um, literally appears in Digimon. Uh, Digimon Adventure 02 Tag Tamers. Uh, prior form Sylphimon partners Yuri Inoi. So I just butchered her name. Yeah, it's, it's Hawkmon's uh, canonical Mega. If Hawkmon was ever allowed to digivolve to Mega, but but only Hawkmon and not um, not uh, Gatamon. Which is interesting. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, yeah, more Davis and Ken. You know, they're the main characters. Whatever, we're used to it by now. So yeah, it's just so funny. Like Shakuamon just got introduced like two episodes ago, and it's already being power crept. Yeah, yeah, that's you've mentioned it before that the power creep in this series is like a lot wilder compared to Adventure, and I definitely have to agree. Considering now we're at like yeah, two episodes ago with Shakuamon. Uh, who managed to help a little bit in the fight against Black Wargrimmon, but not really. And now we just have Imperial Dramon, who's just like, I'm the best there is. It almost feels like the evolutions are becoming like... It almost feels like they think they're getting in the way of the storytelling. But like, they aren't doing much else of you know they're not doing they're not telling like amazing stories like <laughs> maybe they thought they had like a like a, a masterpiece on their hands but like they're off oh, oh we have to add in all these evolutions so that's why you get stuff like the really thrown together tk and cody like we're gonna dna digivolve now yay and and like and then the, this imperial drummond scene where it's like Shrafty said it's, it's unceremonious so i wonder if that's i wonder if that's why this happened because they were like focused on the story, um, and this still kind of got in the way, which is a really funny thing to think about. <laughs> but I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. Uh, a, a funny thing from this episode uh, when they're when Jenai is like listing off places, or I think it was Jenai. It was 
it was or the news they mentioned the grassy knoll in texas which i was like did they really <laughs> oh man yeah i was i was i was trying to figure out so much what the next part was where they were saying they said um uh venice beach in california although no one's and then it kind of trails off and i was like is he Cause gonna... they're like oh because no one's noticed what it is yet because uh venice beats there's like a lot of street performers there and like performance art and stuff so like oh i thought it was actually, it's, like... it's actually pretty funny because it's like yeah of course no one would notice like what the weird oh, black like, obelisk would be so many so many tv writers just assume that everyone like knows the intricacies of california <laughs> it's like i mean Aaron, I've seen, that like, one... i can't i kind of know about venice beach like i've heard of it before but like i don't really know it that well like i, I thought it was yeah gonna you be only big... really know about it if like you know about it like if you're like from california or something to be honest sure. yeah it reminds me of that that joke from the simpsons with the, the episode of the trillion dollar bill when uh homer and mr burns flee to cuba and they talk to fidel castro and like <laughs> they there's a joke about it like it's like wow they even into street after me in uh in san francisco wait it's what and like i had no idea what that joke was as a kid <laughs> and the the joke as an adult is that that's like the gay district of, of San Francisco is Castro Street. Right. That's a, that's a that's a solid like over the head joke, I guess. Yeah. Um, but again, it, 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 it does make me think that writers uh, assume people know more about their local geography than they actually do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's in, yeah. That's interesting. But the the, the grassy not a lot. that was I didn't realize that's what they said. And damn. Yeah, the grassy knoll, which of of that's course. A choice. We, that's a that's a I'm sorry, that's a really funny choice. That's it's, hilarious. It is. <laughs> It'd be even funnier if they put slime on there though. Ooh. Ouch. I can't believe the the the, the control spire at the Grassy Knoll assassinated JFK. They're just they're putting the control spire up just saying like back and back and to the left. Back Back into the left. Back into the left. Nice. There we go. Uh got that reference in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um yeah, so that was fun. I, I, I thought the opening with like the, the, the panic over that was was fun and I like that. And do you find it weird how like Ken is still kind of separate from the rest of the group? Like the rest of them are all kind of like fairly close to one another, but Ken's on like the other side of town. Which I guess he can't really help. But I'm surprised the rest of them are just that close to each other. It kind of just feels more like they're way more coordinated. And and Ken is like not really in, Ken's not, not Ken's not even in the group chat yet. You know he's not really like <laughs> uh, he's, he's not quite on the same level as everyone else still. Even though they've like collectively saved each other's asses like a hundred times over at this point. So that was kind of surprising. I do got to say, I like that moment. Uh, uh, we had talked about briefly about how like in these episodes, like you sort of see like the differences between Ty and Davis as like leaders. And I like the moment where Davis is like, oh, like, no, but Ken's in Tamachi. Like, we we got to go help. I need to go help him. And Ty is like, you can't just think of one person. And Davis is all like, well, look, like, that's not going to stop me. Like, he's He is one of us. He is our friend. Like, we need to help him. I'm going to go help him. And then you see Ty sort of, like, relent and be like, okay, like, yeah, like, he he knows that Davis is doing the right thing. Like from his point of view, obviously, like it, it's this interesting choice of like how each one looks at leadership. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're totally right. I, I do, I do like uh, the contrast between them. It would have been so easy just to make Davis like a mini tie, but they they do a pretty good job of of making them distinct. Yeah, that's that is true. 
Yeah. It's because, honestly, like, we see... I'm going to go on a brief tangent. Don't worry. We see <laughs> at the beginning of the series, like, Davis doesn't really, like, get it. Like, he has a whole episode where he's, like, basically, like, learning what it means to be a true friend, basically. As we talked about, like, how it was portrayed in the sub and stuff. And, like, now we've, we've seen this evolution of him, like, helping Ken, becoming so close to Ken, like, with and with the rest of the group. And now him making this choice of, like, okay, like, I understand that everywhere is in danger, but Ken is also in danger, and he doesn't have anyone to back him up, so I'm gonna go. Like, it's this, it's this neat, like, sort of full circle for a character of, like, coming around and, like, really, like, growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting. I wanna, I, we'll put a pin in this for now, because I, I will want to talk about it in the, uh, the end of series recap, because I've, I've read some interview notes with, uh, the, the sub, like, the original writers of, of Zero Two. Ooh. Especially regarding Daisuke and his, his character progression. Um, so I don't want to get into it too much right now because it requires discussion of stuff that comes later. But definitely, yeah, just stick a pin in this for for right now. Yeah, it's 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 cool how and even even uh, Davis, not just Daisuke, like they they have developed this character pretty well. Like he still has his like eye roll moments where I'm like, oh okay, yeah, you want to kiss Car under the mistletoe? We get it. But it's <laughs> like he has really great. He just has really these really great moments like this where you can feel how he has come into his own as a character. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, it, it's, it's nice to see. I don't know. Yeah, this is very much the last episode, but I, I like I like the character development of Ken a lot. It's, it's definitely the, bright, the brightest spot of this, of this series, I would say. And that's not even, like, dunking on the show in any way. Like, that's just... It's good, it's good shit. Yeah, there, there was something... I uh, just keep talking, sorry. I just, there, there, I just wanted to get a, a word in edgewise in a bit because there was uh, something else I wanted to say about this discussion. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't really have much else to say about this point. I was kind of just wanting an opportunity to bring up um, Izzy, Izzy's incredible genius, brain genius move of just like pointing his two computer screens at each other. <laughs> just be like, he checked the shit out. Wah! <laughs> is that, so many... is that, have you seen that to- that one totally spies clip where it's like they put like the two mirror like the compact mirrors and like the lasers point at it and it's like that's clearly not how it works yeah it's basically that <laughs> i mean i was just thinking more like i don't know i just wrote down like it's oh my god he's he's strapped two game cubes together <laughs> like he's, he's got like the double he's got the twice energy as much processing bit. power. Oh, no, twice as much. Now we can now we can run red steel. <laughs> um, I just thought that was hilarious. It completely nonsensical, but like in a really funny way. Like the way that they've used the laptops in the, in this episode to just you know send Digimon to the Shadow Realm or whatever is is just really kind of it's a it's a really fun visual. Um, it's kind of like a fucked up version of Pokemon or something, which I'm really into. <laughs> and and. This was like the accumulation of that already after only like one episode of just having, oh yeah, just been like, you know, doing the doing the Zoom call using holy power from the laptop screens. That just just really silly imagery, but something I'm really I was really into. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, just regarding uh, Daisuke's character, sorry, I had to find this in my notes because I, I actually forgot to bring this up last episode. Oh no, um, but it is relevant to what you were saying. Um. There's a part in the the end of the Christmas episode when, um, at one point, while uh, they're all hanging out near the end of the episode, Sora says to um, Daisuke, uh, Ken's really changed, hasn't he? And then Daisuke says, I don't think he has. I think he was always this way. He just needed someone to bring it out. 
And that kind of, like, is the core of his character, I feel. That's really sweet and good. That's also pretty gay, my guy. (laughs) You were were completely boyfriends, my dude. And after that, he kind of walks away, and um, uh, Ty says, uh, Daisuke is kind of clueless, isn't he? And uh, Sora goes, I guess that's just the kind of person he is. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, they are totally gay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh no, well, no, Ken's Ken's bisexual, but like you know, Davis, hundred percent gay. Like yeah, the the, the text, the, it's in the text. It's not the subtext. It's... It is text. He's only after Kari for a for a beard. Him thirsting after Kari is him, uh, being afraid to accept who he is. Yeah, it was two thousand and two. You know, not still not yeah, a great he, time. He couldn't to, to be open. You know. Yeah, I mean, he already had enough trouble with his family. Come and be like, "Hey, I'm a guy," so he had to to play up the manliness so much that he couldn't really, yes. you know, talk talk about it with Ken except in private. Boom! Put a put a seal on it. It's canon. Put a seal on it. canon. Yeah, I'm allowed to yeah, make it canon. Don't, we don't need to. We did. We don't need to put seals on it. The show already did it. It's in the. It's <laughs> yeah. in the show. It's in the show. Also, why didn't Ty make cookies for Matt? I mean, you think he would for his boyfriend before his big uh, live concert debut? Just saying. <laughs> no, no, Ty, Ty and Matt aren't like that, you know. They, they're kind of like the energy isn't quite the same, you know. You know, maybe we've. I know we spoke about this a lot before, but like looking at Davis and Ken now, it's it's not the same. Like we know what that relationship. They're they're the overly like. affectionate couple. Like they they really enjoy PDA. No, they they are ride and die, they they are ride ride or die, I should say, not ride and die. That's, right. I mean, they, 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 they would also be ride and die. Mummy are ride and die. Yeah, but time are just kind of like you know, I can't think of the phrase. <laughs> but you know, they're, ride or die. They're not, they're not like that, you know. They're um, vitriolic best buds. They're they're like strangers passing in the night, you know. It's it's like no, that's not the right phrase either. But I'm going to stop talking because I've run out of steam. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think um, I think this is a good episode, and I think the last one. Yeah, episode. I they have faults. I really enjoy these ep- episodes. Yeah, like after after the last two fun. episodes, like this was like a bright spot. I'm like, oh, I feel the energy again. I'm really excited. Like I really enjoy these episodes. Yeah, this had this. It was funny that Izzy calls back to our well, well in in the in the dub at least. He has that line where it's like the same line from our war game, and then he like calls it out. He's like, "Oh, deja vu." Talk about deja vu. Um, when he's like getting all the emails from the kids, because this had this, these couple of episodes did have that kind of like same sort of energy as like our war game, where it did feel much like a they're trying to like they're like living their lives as like teens and kids in. In like you know, inner city Japan, and you know they're doing their thing, but then there's also Digimon stuff, and like those two worlds kind of colliding. Like it had the same energy as like our war game or like the Mighty Monarch, and which is something we haven't really felt. I feel like from this show too much so far, even though the whole show has been, you know, the Digimon world and the real world kind of happening side by side. Unlike Adventure One, which yeah. was the which was the camping trip, but except for the Mighty Monarch. Um, so that's kind of cool, and I like the pitch of 
they're going to go. They're going to take the show worldwide. I, I think it's a really good hook, and it's a nice breath of fresh air following the um, kind of miserable Black War Great Monarch in, in spots. So uh, it feels like they they they're pivoting hard to, you know, find the show's feet again. And I know it's going to trip up. I'm not daft. I'm not. I, I know this is. I know this is going to go sideways again soon enough. But uh, I at least find these fun to watch. So yeah, we'll, we'll take each episode as they come. I suppose is is the is the yeah. thing at this point with this show. Yeah, this is. It's been fun. I, I yeah, I do really appreciate after the the slog that was the um destiny slash mystery stones arc. <laughs> Just I, I'm having nev- you're something. Ne- you're never gonna let that go, are you? No, it, okay, it was. Or I'm making fun of you. I legitimately think it's it's a better name than Destiny Stones. <laughs> it's, I it's, it's 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 more applicable because what do they do? It's a mystery. <laughs> it turns out they join, they <laughs> they summon the Snake Man. I don't know the Snake God. Yeah, I I um I agree with you. It's a bad name. Sorry, but but go on, go ahead and finish. Uh yeah, so um yeah, I I definitely I love this uh these couple of episodes. I actually am excited for the world tour arc, which is wild because I don't remember actually enjoying it that much when I was younger. I remember this being very fun, but like in a very sort of inconsequential way. Yeah, um, which but it's it's I'm cool kind of how into. it opens the world up, like because we have um, them talk about and and sorry, I just wanted to say real quick, we haven't talked about like well, anyone who saw uh, like what happened in Japan or who saw on the internet like. Is probably probably has a Digimon. Like they they aren't even sure like how many there are, and I'm pretty sure Gen is even like could be a lot, I guess. But like it's cool that like we're seeing like how these events have like led to this whole world evolving. Like now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of kids probably have Digimon. Yeah, this feels like it's colliding head on with like the implications of the sh- of the original show. That like this this series has been very. It seems almost like timid or like distracted to like, um, you know, go against like you know the whole notion of like, hey, three or so years ago there was this incident online where like you know we had Omnimon fighting Diabaramon, De- and now the sh- and, and before that you had the whole instance in Japan with and again they mentioned in this episode about Apoclamon and everyone seeing that. Now yeah, the show feels it was like literally like to reckon with this stuff. Basically, everyone saw. Uh... Yeah. Them fight the giant uh, prism in the sky. Yeah, exactly. So that is, it feels like it's finally like ready to reckon with that stuff or like, you know, to engage with it. And it's just such a shame because I feel like this show would have been really fun, even more fun, if it had like actually engaged with that stuff a lot sooner. Even if, and I, and I still think there would have still been room to do stuff like, um, you know, having having a Digimon Emperor who's like a kid who decides to become a bad guy in the digital world, the the the, the whole notion of of the world at large becoming familiar with the digital world, that's such a good springing up like jumping off point for that kind of storyline. So you still would have been able to do the same stuff that you've done with Ken, um, and as for everything that comes after, um, it's not been very good. So who cares? <laughs> You know, so um, the Black Hawk Great Man stuff not really too fussed about uh, if that would have been lost in the, in that in that mess or not. But regardless, like it's a shame that it's taken this long to be like, oh, the real world is aware of Digimon, and yes, that does mean something. It's a shame that it's taken this long for it to like recognize what a, what a fun premise that is. 
but mm-hmm. we're yeah. here now and you know we're getting we're getting some of that and i think that's the appeal of the world tour for me yeah it's also something like we see again like later on in last evolution kizuna that i wish we could have seen like a little bit more too but i understand that it's like a very focused movie but yeah like yeah. there were like there's a lot going on with like the, the whole world like as a whole ever since the Mon events so like and it's like that is something that i want to see like i want to see like how this is like sort of like had its own ripple effect across the entire world yeah exactly it's it's 100 percent it's gold i think and I, and I think it like puts a nice contrast to like other kinds of shows like about like you know going to a different world and having an adventure but like being kids and you can't bring it home with you like that kind of thing um um i'm not sure if that's what isekai means but whatever <laughs> it's that sort of thing um no i mean it, it's a nice, the it's original a nice Digimon adventure is like is basically like peak isekai it is literally yeah, a but, bunch of kids get yeeted it, into a different world but then it kind of subverts it in the same series because it's like brings it all back to the real world <laughs> you know it's kind of like um uh, it's kind of like not jumanji but like they get isekai'd back into the real world only to isekai themselves back into the digital world it's a triple <laughs> isekai it's almost like like and and I kind of hate this movie and it's kind of horribly offensive nowadays. But like Crocodile Dundee kind of thing, where it's like, oh, they went, to, you know, they went, they went to like the wilderness or whatever, and then they brought it back with them. <laughs> like it just has that kind of. Oh, you mean it's like George the Jungle? Much better, um, from what I remember, far less transphobic example. So yeah, that's 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 a good one. Thank you, thank you for the save there. Um, <laughs> um, yes, um, the I like that idea. Of like you know, don't you don't need to linger too long on like rehashing that same concept when you can just like immediately turn it on its head and have a lot of fun with it. And the original show knew how to do that. I feel like this this series is trouble. This series is a trouble kind of understanding following that. Um, and I think these next few episodes will kind of embrace that. Like I say, so. Um, I feel like I've said the same point about six times now, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it's no. Uh, it's I mean, it's true. Like, it's, the end of our <laughs> I'm excited for the world who are like. I don't remember the quality of the episodes, but I at least feel like they're gonna be fun, and yeah, that's what exactly. I want. That's, that's and right now, like, that's what I need. Like, I need some fun, like, refreshing episodes after the end of the uh, Destiny Stones arc. Like, I'm I'm just happy if these are like fun and exciting and have some like sweet moments between characters and stuff. Like, that's that's what I, that's what I want. Hundred percent. 100%. Any any last thoughts on this? On these? Uh, no, I think we've covered our bases pretty darn well uh, so uh, far. The only thing I have to say is my only really thoughts are I've just, I enjoyed the character moments between like the characters in these episodes and I mean, I really enjoyed the moment where uh, Izzy's mom comes out to like be like, no, I, I realized that th- I, I figured that this would happen again but here are some rice balls for you and your friends, and, like, please be safe. Like, I love you, kids. Like, I thought that was, like, a really great moment of, like, the parents just, like, getting involved, but not too, like, overly involved. Like, like Izzy's mom is, like, probably, like, the, the best parent. Like, maybe not the most entertaining, but she's, like, the best parent when it comes to, like... Yeah. In in regards to, like, interacting with the characters, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, Izzy... Izzy is such like a mama's boy, but like I can't. It's it's, I, I in, it's... it's in a really cute way, though. No, it's uh, you know what it is. It's in a completely like un. The show has nothing to say about that in, in like a good way. Like he he is, that's just the way Izzy is. 
like we know he's a bit of a nerd yeah. or whatever but it's not it doesn't try and tie the two things together it's like you know they have a very loving relationship and that's a good thing yeah whereas like and honestly you know, with, with especially, with especially the, at the time that's the hard to see that they had last last series it makes perfect sense that like as he's come to like accept all of this and like recon- not reconcile but like come to terms yeah. with like his whole being adopted like and like feeling un- so unsure about that in the digital world and like and then confronting his parents about it and like they're just super close and that's great that's such a positive thing great thing to see mm-hmm. yeah we we that's a big part of the original series and or the Mightus Man arc in particular um and it's nice to see that it, you know pops up again from time to time it's not like they just avoid doing showing that side of disease you know bishop because he is still a major character like you know he more than any of the other original digestors he's actively involved in like the plot of this show and stuff like you know it's good that he gets that kind of those character moments i wouldn't say development because i think he's i think he he had all his character development and and that's fine you know but uh i'm glad that they don't forget those parts of his character like he's not just like techie mentor guy like he's also uh you know he's also mama's mama's boy (laughs) so you know that's nice. I also like Matt's dad, uh, Matt and TK's dad appearing here again and just being like, you know, he's there with the camera crew <laughs> because, of course, they are. Then he's just like, yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> you know, we're probably for the best. Our, our, our shit plays up. Um, I like that he's he's very much... He, he's basically... It's the exact same thing as his mum, but, like, he obviously he, uh, he obviously does it in his own Matt's dad type way. By the way, how dare Matt just be like, yeah, I fed, you, I fed your food to the dog. <laughs> you know, in, in the last episode when talking to what us, dog? Have um, a dog. Yeah. If they say Gabumon or something, is Gabumon I'm... the dog? <laughs> Gabumon's a lizard, though. He's just a lizard with a dog coat. I thought that was very like that. Also felt like very like sweet and in character of like I because like it's like a, just a weird old man far. and his like teenage son <laughs> just like ragging on each other like playfully. Like that's also like a very sweet thing. I feel. Yeah. Matt like it, it, it works for their characters. <laughs> I mean, he kind of. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just. Kidding. But would yeah, you it, eat really uh, Hiro, Hiroaki Ishida's uh, tuna surprise? Because I wouldn't. That's probably nasty. Yeah, no, that sounds if, like. If a, if a dish has the if a dish has the surprise in the name, it's probably the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's probably death. And then just last thing, I just really enjoy. I I've come to just love the friendship of Davis and Yoli. Like, the way, like, they're arguing about playing cards <laughs> in the last episode. Yeah. Or, like, the way that they're, like, and, they're, like, the way that they're also, like, cheering at the beginning of the last episode. Like, yay, we're, we're destroying these controls for us. I'm like, I just, I really enjoy, like, the friendships and, like, the, just, like, the little moments these characters are having together. Like, it's just so nice. Like, we've talked about yeah. characters are the core, but, like, just seeing these, like, fun little moments between characters, I just, I love it so much. Like, this is what, th- these, these are the high points of Adventure Zero Two for me. Yeah, there's no, there's no foil. Uh, there's no, they they are good, like you know, uh, frenemies, as it were. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, they're they're not like foils in the way that Matt and Ty are. They're they're just pals who like just get on each other's nerves constantly. It's the Matt Ty relationship, but I play completely for laughs every single time, rather than like trying to spin any sort of actual conflict out of it or drama or what have you which is which that's, is much appreciated. that's actually the perfect way to put it yeah yeah i feel like a, 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 a davis and yoli like drama like would be absolutely just insufferable <laughs> so i'm really glad they don't go that it would be over 10 route. as we all know oh true yeah yeah but even 
I'll thought even worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I that would actually like. Oh man, that would be painful. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Should we bring it to the close? Let's bring it to the close. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap things up. Let's wrap things up. Uh, Scrafty. Uh, speaking of wrapping things up, if people want to wrap up some questions and send them to us, so that way we can talk about them, where can they send them to? Oh, just like Sick a present. Um, like a present, come in full circle. Yeah, Crimbus. Merry Chrysler, everyone. Um, Happy Chrysler. <laughs> you can email us at diginovacast at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-I-Novacast at gmail.com. Or you can slide into our DMs on Twitter, which are always open to anyone. We love getting mail. It's like our favorite part of um, discussion because we get to tackle topics that we didn't think uh, we would ever get to tackle. And uh, sometimes these birth almost entire episodes <laughs> on their own. So... If you want your idea to maybe be turned into an entire episode, uh, you can send us some mail and we will discuss it. Yeah, we've got big episodes coming up with the World Tour arc. We're we're sort of we're starting to reach the winding down point of Adventure Zero Two, uh, so there is going to be a lot to talk about. So we would we would really love it if you send some stuff in. Yeah, that'd be great. Always happy to hear from the listeners. Yeah, we love it. it means a lot. It does. And who else I'm happy to hear from is Scrafty and what you've been up to and where we can find you. Uh, I am on Twitter at ScraftyDevil. Um, I have been trying to play the Guilty Gear Strive uh, beta. <laughs> it has not been working. Uh, I guess, you know, it's a beta for a reason, but geez, like they're two for two and uh, having terrible infrastructure for the betas for this game. So I seriously hope that um, they fix this before launch, because otherwise this is going to be a bit of a disaster. I hear the I hear the netcode's good. The netcode, yeah. I've heard I've heard it's good too. I have no chance to try it because the the <laughs> the beta Sorry, went yeah. up at not to rub salt in the wound <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. the beta went up at 10 p.m. Eastern last night. I downloaded it. It took a little while because my PS4 had to update first. Um, so around 11:30, I think I got to start playing. I was in training mode for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then it went. Oops, servers down, and I haven't been able to get it back in since then. It just hasn't, uh, like, this isn't a planned downtime either. Like, this is a, a big oopsie we messed up and we're going to have to extend the beta to make up for it type thing. A little um, oopsie whoopsie. But based on that 20 minutes of uh, playing, it does seem like it's quite a good game. I'm not sure it's my kind of game per se, but it is a good game. Like, it's difficult to describe, but I feel like in trying to make it more accessible for new players... Um, they made a few really weird choices that are anti-accessibility. Um, like the way that combo, they changed the way that combos work a lot, uh, in this game. And if you're an experienced fighting game player, that's not going to bother you at all because it's, you know, just fighting in fundamentals. But if they want people to be able to get into this game and, and enjoy it, um, it's going to feel really rigid for them because they, they removed the ability to chain normals into each other. You have to manually time it like in Street Fighter now which means you have to have a lot more precise combo timing and your positioning is a lot more important since you're not going to be guaranteed to get one move into another unless you space it correctly. Um, so I can, I can foresee that being a big hurdle for new players. Uh, same with what they did with the corner. Uh, I guess they, they, they realized that Guilty Gear is a very like snowball-heavy game and sometimes if you end up in the corner, like you're going to be living there for the rest of the round because pressure is so... Um, overwhelming in this game so yeah. the solution they had to that is if you're stuck in the corner for too long and you get slammed against the wall then the corner breaks and you both get just reset to mid-screen after the person in the corner takes a bunch of damage 
And I can see the the ethos in that. They want to, you know, give people a way to get out of the blender while also rewarding someone for putting their opponent in the corner. But I think the way it works just means that once you're in the corner, you're pretty much already dead anyway because of how high the damage is in this game. Like, if someone lands a, a wall splat on you, you can basically kiss at least half of your health bar goodbye. Like, it's it's <laughs> such huge damage for for doing a corner break. Um, and it can be frustrating because, I mean, it kind of limits the how stylish you can make combos since they all have a set endpoint now, which is the corner. Uh, once you hit someone into the corner... Any hit to do after that will send them flying back into the the middle of the screen. Um, yeah, and I've seen people... basic like day negative a hundred combos doing like half health. The damage yeah. is very very high. Yeah, damage damage is huge, and with that corner change, it basically means like the mechanic they invented to stop the corner from feeling so oppressive is just gonna make touch of death combos easier now. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what the 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 ethos behind that was. Um, but it those looks, two aside. It, it... It looks cool. I think that was the ethos. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does look cool. There are definitely some regards when, in like this game, feels like it was very, very much with the spectators in mind, like an Evo crowd kind of. Because um, <laughs> the soup, some of the supers are really flashy, but they take like a year and a half to execute. <laughs> um, I think Potemkin has a super, which in Exert I think took about five seconds, and I think in Strive takes about fifteen seconds to fully execute. And, like, huh. that was already kind of a problem with, with Dragon Ball Fighters having supers that were too long. I think someone did the math, and they, 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 they added it all up. And in total, during EVO Finals, people spent, like, four and a half minutes just watching Bardock's level three super. <laughs> Sounds that right. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm worried, because, like, Potemkin already isn't a very good character. Like, he's a very hard character to balance, because his his design is contrary to the, the hyperactive um, rushdown nature of, of Guilty Gear. Um, and if, I think I feel like this is just gonna make people want to play him even less because his his main damage dealing super takes fifteen full seconds to execute. <laughs> yeah. Well. But anyway, that aside, um, it looks beautiful. The music is excellent. Um, I love both of the new characters. I kind of wish there was more. I think Tommy, you and I were talking about this a bit earlier. Um, it, I feel like the the base roster is very safe. It's mostly like the the classic must have characters. Plus one character who was really popular from Exerd, plus um, two new characters. So it's not the most innovative roster, but they are they they do all I think look the best versions of like they're the best looking versions of these characters, which is nice. Yeah, it seems like a very conservative like roster, considering that the the two new characters that they have are, are really well designed and feel very like fresh and modern. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of Guilty Gear character design. I feel like it can be a bit hit and miss, but these two just look incredibly cool. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, Giovanna and... Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the dude's name, like the samurai vampire Nagori Yuki? Um, okay. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And and he... Yeah, those are cool. They should have, like, t- taken that energy and ran with it. But maybe they just made a bunch of characters and they, they were, like, the only two ones they felt good about proceeding with. I don't know. Um, it could... And I realize, obviously, a lot more work... You know, because this is a modern fighting game, there is going to be DLC. So maybe they just withheld a lot of them for DLC yeah, like, since they knew they, they would could, sell. They could have used the popular characters that like people know and love for DLC, rather than being like, "Hey, do you want to pay five bucks for a character you don't know?" Like, I feel like that's. I, I, yeah, I think it's a it's a you kind of have to walk 
yeah, like you kind of have to walk the knife's edge for that because I remember in when Street Fighter Five came, like it's kind of ridiculous how some of the complaints that people had about Street Fighter Five are now just kind of getting free passes for <laughs> for Guilty Gear Strive because when Street Fighter Five launched, it had the same roster of characters but more new characters and more fan favorites. People still criticized it for being too small. And Guilty Gear comes in here with six, a roster of 16 starting characters, the same number, with mostly you know the safest picks imaginable and only two new characters. And everyone's like, great, yeah. love it. From um, an outside perspective, as someone who would never touch that game because I'm just, I'm just ass at fighting games, um, I find that very... I, I find that to be a very kind of... I, I feel like I'd be disappointed with that roster. Um, on the contrary, I thought Street Fighter V's roster was pretty cool because it was like a good mix of like the obvious oldies, some like cool characters like deep cuts, and then and then some new characters which mostly seemed really good. And then also Laura was there, so I really think <laughs> and, and that, that, all like... my friends and Laura. <laughs> um, Laura's when fine. Laura's not on the screen, all the other characters should be asking, "Where's Laura?" <laughs> um, I uh, so I thought that was cool, and I, and I think here's the secret. Roster size, as in a number, and how big it is, doesn't actually matter in a fighting game because ultimately you might have a balance. You might have, you might have an absolute ton of fighters, and then it ends up with the meta, and it only ending up with like five of them being viable. Like you know, or you could end up with a a game with like a tiny roster, but like you can play as pretty much anyone, and and that's great. So mm-hmm. that's cool as a spectator Definitely. to see. Yeah, I, I I think that's fine. So as long as the matchups are cool and like it lets people really dig into the characters then that's that's dope but yeah i think i think the i think the roster here just being like here's a bunch of old old favorites and then also um two new guys it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of yeah they should they should have more confidence i think in in themselves to like make new characters yeah. people care about um especially yeah, after like, Zerd, which you... seemed like a big success so yeah maybe maybe they just like, were trying to learn from what street fighter 5 did where street fighter 5 yeah they went for a more adventurous roster to start with and then it had, like, Akuma and Sagat as DLC later, and people were like, oh, I can't believe I have to pay for Akuma, I can't believe I have to pay for Sagat, like, why are they in the base roster? <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in fact, with Street Fighter, you have to with the least of any fighting game, because that's the only fighting game that I'm aware of, to date, that lets you buy the DLC characters with in-game money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, I think I think something like Smash Bros. goes kind of wrecks people's perception, where it's like, every single fighter has been, like, a brand new challenger. Uh, often from like a wild franchise that has isn't in the game yet, so you know yeah. that that is I think that's kind of broken people's perception. That and like Mortal the Kombat, brain rot has hit. Mortal Kombat has like some old returning characters, but it's it's like it's never someone like Johnny Cage, for example. And then also you get all these like eighties action slash horror movie characters in there as well, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, well, uh, is that all? Is that all you've been playing? It well, not um, playing, I guess, but. There, there hasn't been a whole lot um, that I've been, I've been up to right now, unfortunately. I've been uh, kind of still like in the middle of work and trying to balance work with, um, you know, the other stuff I'm pursuing. I still haven't even started Thirteen Sentinels, even though that's been on my my PS4 for uh, close to a month at this point. Doing a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed to everyone everywhere. Uh, I have, <laughs> I did just finish replaying the first Ace Attorney game on stream with my friend, though. Uh, that game still slaps. Uh, one of my favorite franchises of all time. Um, the fact that it just recently broke a million should be, you know, in- indicative of its popularity. Even on its fifth re-release, it can still sell a million copies, which is great. Seriously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, definitely check check out Ace Attorney if uh, if you're listening to this and somehow you haven't uh, heard of or played them yet. Yeah, that that aside, I haven't been doing too much. Uh, I think it's it's wild that I talked about um, rewatching Infinity Train last week, and then the fourth season got announced uh, this this past week. Yeah, I was Ooh. thinking that when I was editing, I was like, "Oh, hey, that's pretty funny." There's there's going to be season four of Infinity Train. Yeah, which is how Scrafty's going to love that. Which is super exciting because that means they've lied to us twice now about it being canceled. <laughs> <laughs> the the funniest thing was uh the first time we we were lied to was an accident apparently the 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 creator of the show is just very bad at at lying on the spot so when he was giving an interview about season two and he was asked what season three was going to be like his first instinct was to blurt out there is no season three and people assumed oh that, would, that that the show was canceled when really he's just really bad at lying on the spot oh yeah. geez that's rough <laughs> yeah and then season four um even though they basically confirmed there wasn't going to be a season four, they're like, oh yeah, technically we're still just producing a se- like season one. Like a season one production schedule is is fifty two episodes, and so far we've done thirty of thirty of those. So we still have, if they wanted to, they could do twenty more episodes before the the quote unquote season order is fulfilled. Oh geez. So like that's like they're they're just using technicalities to blindside us at this point. Oh, I, I think I need to catch up on that show because especially now it's on like. HBO Max, which for better or worse seems to be sticking around and growing in popularity, you know, as a streaming thing. So, yeah, I really hope so because it definitely deserves it. If there's any animated show that I think deserves, uh, well, still airing animated show that deserves um, a, a bigger audience, I think it's um, Infinity Train. Like, don't let don't let what happened to OKKO uh, happen to this. Like, give it some support. Don't let it uh, die young because there weren't enough people uh, and. You know, uh, advertisers believing in it. Okay, Ko was okay. I don't. I liked I, it. That wasn't a pun. I didn't mean to. I, I liked it quite that, a bit. But uh, I liked the Sonic episode. That was, I think that was fun. I think that show was great. I do think it could have been even better if they got the full, the full amount of time they needed to flesh out the the world and characters because they got basically two and a half seasons. Like the the third season was shortened because. Uh, they were told mid-production that oh, you're we're, we're canceling you, so they had to take all of like the plot and lore they had planned for two in- entire seasons and condense it into just 16 episodes. So the second half of season three is very busy uh, because they they only had like 26 episodes to work with. That oh, sucks. They should yeah. have like left it. They should have just carried on as usual and then use that use the cliffhanger ending to like make a make a season happen, make another season happen, yeah. like down the road. I, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they, they didn't they didn't believe in uh, in themselves or Cartoon Network enough for that, so they just wrapped it up really quickly, and it, it ends very definitively like, in a way that it would be very hard to to pick the show back up and find uh, a way to continue it. But yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that Infinity Train keeps getting more seasons because as an anthology show, it's it can theoretically just keep being fresh forever because they keep following different characters, they keep examining different struggles, they keep tackling different genres like. Season one's a mystery. Season two is an adventure. Season three is like a super um, elaborate, like morally complicated tragedy. I'm really excited to see what happens with season four. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that like you would think that you could just keep doing because theoretically, like a new season could hit like really well compared to an old one. Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. I'm now thinking if the um... bear with me on this, but there's a Rick and Morty episode where like they're on like a weird. Like, they're on, like, a train that's, like, powered by imagination or something. Or, like, characters keep, like, 
I forget the exact plot, but it's like it, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm I'm sort of thinking, wait, isn't that is that just a riff on Infinity Train? Like, did they just do like a like a parody episode, which feels like it would be very weird <laughs> for them to do. Um, but anyway, yeah, n- never mind. That was that was, and I had all thought. How much of Infinity Train takes place on a train? Uh, almost one hundred percent. There's there okay. are two episodes out of the thirty that exist that are not on the train. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Well, cool. Well, play Thirteen Sentinels, or we'll we're banning you from the podcast. Yeah, I will. I will try to find the time to, <laughs> to do that. It's it's difficult for me to sit down and just start like an extremely long game because I don't want to like I don't want to like do just do like ten minutes. I'm going to want to do like two or three hours no, at once. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Well, that's I get that, but honestly, this that's a really good game to just play in short bursts to the point where it's criminal. It's not on Switch, but Dang. but like, yeah, you can play it in short bursts if you wish. You will. You will. It will be torturous. Because you will want to play more, but it, it it suits that kind of pace well. If if that's what I'm if if that's gotcha. the right phrase for it. So okay, yeah, maybe I will I will I will try to start it sooner rather than later. Then cool. How about you, Tom? What have you been up to lately? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at coldmanhots. Um, that's my at. And I uh, I've been doing bits and bobs. Um, I've been playing. So I played through the. Uh, uh, so I've not I hadn't played it before. Uh, so it was basically a brand new game to me. So I got Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Um, that game's pretty fun, as in the 3D World part. That's really fun. Um, I loved 3D Land back on the 3DS. Uh, this was more of that. It felt like it was. It was. It was cool. It was like it's a, it's obviously a bit more open and so on. Um, the extra characters are cool. Um, I don't necessarily think. I would have like missed out if they weren't there. Uh, I haven't played multiplayer yet. Um, I heard the online is kind of crap, so I'm not going to forget off with that. And I already basically that what a surprise! Yeah, a Nintendo game is bad online. You're lying. Yeah, yeah. So, so I already 100 percented it anyway. I beat Champions Road. I'm a true gamer. Um, and the only thing I've got left to do in that game is like to beat every level with every character, which is a good excuse to like go back to it whenever I feel like playing some Mario. Because it's the levels are like nice short bursts and, and so on, so that that's really cool. Yeah, um, that game is cool. Bowser's Fury is the truth. Um, it's the future of Mario games. It is really really cool. I loved every single part of it. Um, I think it's a nice because honestly, I was already well. I was over the moon with you know. Oh God, that again pun not intended. Um, with uh, with Odyssey, um, which Got I thought was a really. Yeah, really, honestly, not intended. Because um, Odyssey's full of moon stuff. Um, the, the that game was great. I loved that it made the like it took the Mario sixty four stuff and made it like way bigger worlds and like you know you're just constantly playing them. You're not having to like dip back in and out of levels all the time. This Bowser's Fury does that. Bowser's Fury goes even further with that, to the point where like you know you're not traveling between locations and so on. You're just like you've got a, it's an open world Mario game essentially. Uh, it's only a short thing, but the structure of it is like it's just so fun. Like you're just constantly seeing like new things to go ahead with, and, and the way it's structured because it's based on Super Mario 3D World, uh, like the engine and so on. It's but 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 in like a you've got full camera control and it's and it's full 360 degree movement. Thank God. Um, it's way more like you know each each like island on this on this big world map, which is mostly water. Each island is like a like a level in the vein of like 3D world, um, 
but you can kind of approach objectives as how when you please like i've been watching speedruns of this and there's a lot of stuff where people just skip most of like the intended path and just go straight to the like, the, the shine as it were because you can just sort of do that it's it's really fun to see that sort of stuff and it just feels good to play whether you're like breaking it over your knee or whether you're you know doing the intended route uh it feels like a really it feels different which i'm really surprised that they can still do but you know nintendo's mario team like never fails to surprise at this point honestly they, they're, they're just really talented so um i would wholly recommend that if you've played 3d wood before it's probably a bit of a ripoff to be honest the whole package but um it's really good and they should sell it individually like pe- people would need to play this and i hope whatever the next mario game is take follows follows in this vein uh, beyond that, I've been playing. Uh, I've just started playing Little Nightmares 2. Uh, I was a very big fan of the first game. Uh, it's kind of like a cool, like horror. Um, it's it's kind of like a platforming thing in like the style of like your your Ecos and Lost Guardians and stuff like that. Uh, but like on a more, you know, it's it's on a more like side scrolling sort of basis with some like you know, it, it it's kind of like reminiscent of like a Little Big Planet, but like a really twisted, messed up version of that with like more sort of like physics puzzles and and then also a yeah just a really massive horror vibe like the first little nightmares is very spooky this is like way more this leans into it way further like it's oh that's cool if you if you think if if you think of like Coraline, it's like that but just goes way further like in terms of that's actually really cool yeah awesome yeah yeah little nightmares is really is really is really fun like um horror it is a horror game but it's like it's not like it's not like normal horror it's like more like a um yeah i, th- I think i think your yeah, studio like a stuff like Coraline and paranormal and stuff like that is the best comparison because um this this has that has a really nice like stop motion feel without actually being stop motion yeah so. the aesthetic is really cool i uh i'm not gonna lie after i finished editing yesterday i watched a playthrough that i watched a long time ago of little nightmares one because you had brought it up on the podcast last week, and I was like, "Man, this game is so cool!" Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I think I think the original version with like the DLC as well is on Switch on sale right now. At least it is in Europe. Oh, okay. Um, so that's pretty good. Little Nightmares Two, uh, I got on PS4, just like the original, and and it looks really nice. Um, I don't know what the Switch version is like, but um, I think you can use a Pac-Man amiibo to get a special skin. So that's like the one non-Smash Brothers game which uses the Pac-Man amiibo. Of all things, that's, is the original little, so weird. The original little nightmares. <laughs> yeah, the original little nightmares on on Switch. <laughs> so and maybe the sequel too. I, I don't know. I haven't obviously. I, haven't, I don't know. I can't test that. So, uh, but yeah, really weird, really weird. Um, so that's what I've been playing. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, Sloan, what have you been up to, and where can we find you? You can find me at Sloan Rosette uh, on Twitter. I haven't been up to much. Uh, I'm I'm doing a little bit more of 13 Sentinels. I think I just hit 30% in the story, and I'm like 47% in the battles. Uh, I was playing some yesterday. I got through the uh, the prologue of like the thir- the 12th character that I unlocked, but I was also super tired, and I was like nodding off. So I'm probably going to replay that prologue because I like legit was like nodding off for most of it, and then just turned the game the game off after I did that, and I was like, I'm gonna take a nap, and just slept for like three hours, and it was great. <laughs> Which character was that? It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a uh, Tomi Kisaragi. Ah, right. Yes. Yeah. She's and honestly, character. my my character that I love in that game is uh, Miwako, 
she's like a side character, but she's great. Yeah. She is super enjoyable, and I, yep. I absolutely love her and want only good things for her in life. Yep, she's 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 a fun character. Um, yeah, you'll you'll that's see her gonna, pretty early on. Crafty, you'll probably <laughs> also love her. She's she's genuinely like such an adorable, sweet character, and I I love her. I'm keen. Yes, yes, very good, very good. So the like it's amazing that they've got like all these all these playable characters, and they spend so much time like making them like compelling characters and like you know likable, and you want to root for them and so on. And then they have side characters as well. You don't even play as, and they still find time to make them really endearing and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, so yeah, all, it's, all it's, it's really good. Like re- really hateful and like it's so easy. To, you just love to hate. So really, really well done on all counts. So so uh, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping this weekend I can, I can get into it more because I I just really because I have a bunch more games to play. So it's I don't want to like speed through this game, but like I want to get through it like both so I can like talk to people about it and also so that way I can play other games. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. which sounds bad, but like I, I am really enjoying it. It's a, it's a, it's a great game, and I'm excited to. Each time I finish it, I think, okay, I think I have a pretty good idea, like where things might be going, and then I play next time, and I'm like, oh, never mind, I was completely wrong. I have no idea where things are going. <laughs> That's the first game where I had like a revelation about the game's story. I was just taking, a, I was like having a shower one day, um, like you know before work or something, and then like I was just like thinking about the game. Um, because I played it the night before, and I was just like, "Wait, shit, hold on, no!" And I just like, I just made, I just came to like a really like big conclusion about like the game's setting and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And and then it turns out I was correct as well. <laughs> so I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so that's that's cool. I've never had that happen in a game before. So yeah, like this is like this a is a game that like yeah. I kind of wish I had a notebook to like write down my theories to see how they like evolve over time. Yeah, because like oh, I feel like that would be like a fun thing to do. Yeah, that's kind of what I did with Paradise Killer. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I've been watching some friends stream Paradise Killer, which is also something I've been doing, and they like legit have had like a notebook going of like different thoughts on the parts of the mission. I'm like, man, like that that's the kind of stuff like I really wish I had thought about that for to be like, okay, like, huh? Here's this. Okay, let me write that down. Let's see. Okay, oh, later on it, it goes <laughs> to this type of thing. Like that is the type of the game that's like perfect for like really delving into for your own theories. That's so so cool. I was just, I was just imagining like reading someone's theories, having like finished either of those games, and just being like, "Oh, that's neat," and then just like tossing it over your shoulder, like, "Yeah, that's cool. that you, what you, you, you have no idea <laughs> like, what's going on." <laughs> exactly. Just thinking of my favorite, my, one of my favorite scenes in cinematic history is when, uh, in in the film Fast Five, um, uh, Gal Gadot's character presents The Rock with like her list of theories about something or other probably about like who's stealing cars and shit and he just like reads his paperwork and then just tosses it away like <laughs> like fuck you yeah i don't care about this shit and it's just like <laughs> one of the, one of my favorite like really minor dumb scenes in any film ever anyway I, I i i don't know why i thought of that scene earlier today and it made me laugh and then this scenario is just that's, uh, that's the it. correct result to anything gagado says to you i was uh, gonna say that is true yes yes i was sort of like wait who played who played the oh Gal well, yeah, whatever. And it's thanks because she's a uh, Hans uh, Seol O's, which is still the best name in like cinema history. I, I am, I am firmly, I firmly in belief of that. She places love interest, and it sucks. And I'm like, you deserve better. You deserve so much better. <laughs> I mean, you're right. No, yeah, you're Han's great. I love Han, but that's beside the point. I should watch uh, that film again. 
I, yeah, me too. I need to. Uh, but other than that, we also did our, another session of our D and D game the other last week, which is very fun. Which it was funny because we recorded the episode and Tom was like talking to us like he's like, man, I hate the lore. And then I thought about it to myself and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a pretty backstory heavy uh, session coming up. Can't wait for Tom to suffer. <laughs> That was literally my thought from, like, Friday afternoon to, like, Saturday afternoon. It was like, oh, can't wait for Tom to hate this. I I hate Digimon Adventure lore because it's badly told. I, you know, there, there are things like Tamers, good lore. Uh, Cyber Sleuth, that's got some fun lore, you know. So, you know, there's, look, I, I continue to enjoy our sessions and find it quite interesting and... Um, Thank you. Overwhelming in spots, but also uh, because I'm a complete novice when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> it's a, still, so. it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good system, but it's also it's got a lot of moving parts to it. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Next time, uh, once we finish this campaign, and we're going to play my campaign uh, where it's actually just Uno, but like I've put Digimon pictures on the cards. So <laughs> okay, awesome. I'm excited for that. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be Roll a natural strong. twenty to win yeah. the Uno game. We may no longer be friends at the end because Uno is a destructive game. Like Mario Party's got nothing on on Uno, but uh, you know, we'll have fun. Now I'm now I'm just imagining uh, <laughs> Davis and Yoli doing the "You have Uno" bit, and I wish I had a ton of money to pay their uh, Kazuna voice actors to do that bit because it would be perfect. That's 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 their energy. Oh uh, god. Anyway, yeah, that'd be fun. A waste of money, but that'd be fun. <laughs> would it be a waste of money if it brought me no, great sorry. joy, though? It would pay them, you know, and they deserve to get paid. But also, they deserve to get paid. Yeah, I, I, I like money. Let's keep it. So. <laughs> me too. But <laughs> yeah, that's, other than that, that's that's all I've really been up to is just thirteen sentinels and just vibing. That's the show. Then. So. That is the show. Next week, we are covering all three episodes of the World Tour, episodes 40, 41, and 42. I am super excited for those because these episodes have me feeling really good today. And I'm excited to sort of see how something I've been waiting to forward, looking forward to since like last season. Like I'm looking forward yes. to seeing how that pans out now. We're going to Versailles and some other places that I don't remember. It's going to be fun. Well, we'll find out next week where we're going. Uh, this was the Novacast, and thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.